This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. And today is Monday, December 14th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. New COVID-19 restrictions are going into effect in Delaware this morning. Governor John Carney announced the new mitigation measures last week to combat the rise in COVID-19 cases. The following restrictions go into effect at 8 a.m. Businesses above 100,000 square feet are limited to 20% of stated fire capacity. All other businesses, including most retail stores and all restaurants, are limited to 30% capacity. Retail below 5,000 square feet. All houses of worship and funeral services are limited to 40%. A 10 p.m. curfew will be imposed at Delaware restaurants and bars. Exercise classes at gyms are limited to 10 people and exercise machines must be spaced 10 feet apart. Indoor gatherings at businesses or indoor spaces open to the public must be limited to lesser than 30% of the venue's stated fire capacity or 10 people. And employees are excluded from business capacity restriction calculations. Last week, Carney announced the state home advisory, a universal mask order, and a request to pause in-person learning. The additional restrictions are intended to protect Delaware's hospital capacity and protect lives this winter, uh, he said. Carney said uh, there will be a zero-tolerance enforcement policy for businesses during the stay-at-home advisory. A first violation of COVID-19 restrictions will uh, result in an immediate civil fine. A second violation will result in closure until the establishment submits a reopening plan approved by the Delaware Division of Public Health. New Jersey will administer the state's first COVID vaccines on Tuesday morning. Governor Phil Murphy announced Sunday the first residents will be vaccinated at University Hospital in Newark. Murphy is expected to be there. He said the bulk of the 76,000 doses constituting the first batch of the Pfizer vaccine will go to healthcare workers, with some going to residents and staff at long-term care homes. An estimated 15,000 doses of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine is ex- expected to arrive in Philadelphia on Tuesday, according to city officials. Temple University, uh, Temple University Health System is preparing to receive and start giving vaccines on Wednesday. Its staff has been divided into four tiers. The first 3,000 doses will go to tier one. In tier one are those who are in direct COVID care units or in areas that see high volume of COVID patients, such as the emergency department or the crisis response unit, the chief medical officer said. The vaccine could come with flu-like symptoms, uh, flu-like side effects. Temple University uh, is advising those who get vaccinated to try to schedule the shot towards the end of their work week in case they experience some of the side effects. And for the general population, Philadelphia officials say it'll be weeks or months before the vaccine is available to everyone. A waitress from Delaware County got quite a holiday surprise Saturday night. Gianna uh, D'Angelo works at Anthony's at Paxton in Broomall. One of her tables left her a $5,000 tip on a $205 bill. It was me. I I tried to stay anonymous. Uh, And I actually... I messed up. I meant for that tip to go to Pat House, the bartender oh. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a bartender there. Uh, this was like all over like the Marple Facebook like everybody pages. Was yeah, us. I, I was like, man, <laughs> who did this? There's a good chance I know who tipped him. I don't know who the waitress is, but um, yeah, this was this was big news all over well, that, the town. Talk was going nuts, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's uh, awesome. Well, she's a college student, and oh, she good. says she's going to use the money uh, towards her For college. Drugs. No, <laughs> to stop towards her college education. That's awesome. I'm just happy with anything. So when they were saying five thousand dollars, I couldn't even believe it. I'm going to put the money away uh, towards my college and pay it forward to do something good for other people. She said. D'Angelo is a freshman at Widener University. 
She's studying nursing and hopes to pay their generosity forward by being the best nurse she can be. That's great. We have no words other than thank you. Unbelievable support for our staff here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping our staff get through the holidays. Uh, Anthony at Paxson's wrote on Facebook. In sports this morning. Jalen Hurts ran for 100 yards, went 17 for 30, and passed for 167 more. And the Eagles beat the New Orleans Saints 24 to 21 yesterday afternoon in South. Miles Sanders had 14 carries for 115 yards and two touchdowns as the Eagles ended the Saints' nine-game winning streak. The Eagles are back on the road next weekend with the game in Arizona against the Cardinals on Sunday. In other NFC East action, Washington beat the San Francisco 49ers 23-15 and with the win, improved to first place in the division at 6-7. and seven. Dallas Cowboys beat the Cincinnati Bengals 30-7 to seven to improve to 4-9 and nine on the season. And the New York Giants had their winning streak come to an end as they lost to the Cardinals 26-7. to seven. With only three games remaining in the regular season, the Eagles are now in third place in the division with a record of 4-8-1. And, and the Cleveland Indians plan to drop the nickname they've used for more than a century, becoming the latest professional sports franchise to get rid of its Native American imagery. They haven't settled on a new nickname, and it's not clear whether the team will be dropping it immediately or will transition to a new one. Following the decision of the NFL's Washington franchise to drop its nickname, Cleveland announced it planned to undertake a thorough review of the Indians' name, which was adopted in 1915. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thank you very much, Kathy. Yes, uh, spectacular weekend. Weather-wise, oh, my God, yesterday was just perfect. Yeah. It was just absolutely amazing. I loved it. And, of course, you got to pay the toll. And we paid the toll <laughs> for having weather like that yeah, in yeah. December with a nor'easter on Wednesday. So uh, just making sure everybody's aware and ready for that. No free lunch. But it is wild no. to think that I was I was walking around in shorts. And yeah. And just a shirt yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 Preston, I, I fired up my snowblower in shorts and a T-shirt. <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. It's a good idea. Get it right. I think I'm going to do that today. Yeah, and yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. That, uh, that old Bessie's ready for the challenge. Hey, why, get, why, why, why don't put? Why on all engines like a snowblower engine? You, but you just sit there. You don't tend to it at all. You just pull the cord and it starts right up. Bang. It's amazing. Good to go. Sometimes it does. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. But one of the so I have two of them. I have a smaller one. I finally bought a bigger one uh, last year to handle the really deep stuff. Okay. And so the other one I have is about seventeen years old. And last year she was struggling okay, a little right. bit. So at some point it <laughs> Still, does happen. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we're, we're probably going to need all that equipment. On Wednesday, mainly Thursday, as you get going, because that's when we'll have the uh, the accumulation. But if if we get any uh, flurries uh, starting like tonight or tomorrow, uh, chances are the the ground is still warm. That's not going to be an issue by the time we get to Wednesday and a Thursday. It's a, it's a whole different story. So get yourself set. We have a few things going on. We have new Word of the Week prize this week. We have a twenty mile stock car driving experience, which wow. is badass. Wow! At Pocono Raceway, so we are going to give that away. Uh, on Friday, so you'll need the letter of the day for the word of the week, so get yourself set for that. Uh, we have a couple of guests joining us. A couple of very interesting guests will be on the program. So we have a woman named Shannon uh, Perix, I think is how you pronounce her last name. We're going to have to find out for sure, or Perichis. Uh She is the curator of the Smithsonian's Photographic Collections at the National American History Museum. Now, the reason we're having on is because our longtime photographer, Brian Miller, yeah. I had mentioned this a little while back, 
is being featured in the Smithsonian Institute. Yes, the guy that has taken pictures <laughs> of Nick with the condom falling on his head. <laughs> My butthole in the air. Yeah. Nick's butthole in the air. Casey breaching out of the... Uh, the Hot the, tub. What do we call that thing? It's endless, a swim spa. Endless pool swim, swim spa. spa. Endless yeah. pool swim spa <laughs> yeah. at the Camp Out for Hunger. All these moments that <laughs> uh, that were captured for the Camp Out for Hunger uh, were taken by Brian, who's an exceptional photographer, and he's the official photographer of uh, WMMR, is going to be featured. So we're going to have them both on this morning. And That's talk great. About his uh, photos uh, that will be featured, which is really cool. And then we also have a return guest. Her name is Sarah. Sarah Cillian. Is that how you say I her last name? Kalian. Kalian. I okay. believe it's a hard C. Like so alien. We had her on. Uh, she is a true crime investigation buff, essentially. And uh, she is into all kinds of true crime stuff. And she has this podcast. And we had her on. She was a Not Your Average listener. Yes, yeah, she's great. Really cool stuff. And she has an event that is coming up. Uh, which is right in your wheelhouse if you're into that type of thing. So we're going to talk to her as well. So both those uh, interviews coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, so we'll spend some time with them. And uh, we'll just get things going. We're getting you ready for the Presidency Christmas Miracle, the uh, Pollyannabelle edition, which is coming up next week. And we'll just remind you of what is all in store for that. It's the White Elephant version of our contest this year, which will make your uh, it'll put your strategic skills to the test. So we'll tell you how you can be a part of that and more. Let's take a break. Come back in a second, and we'll do the entertainment report thing with the stupid question, giving some things away, and beginning our Monday the right way. We'll be right back. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So we're going to do a giveaway. Stupid question prize today is a digital download of Blade. Oh! And the question that I have for you comes courtesy of listener Ashley Grimes. Ashley sent me a solid question. What is the name of the mountain and how the Grinch stole Christmas? Oh. 215-263-WMMR. I'm assuming this is where he lives, right? He lives up on that Yes. Mountain. So what is the name of that? 215-263-WMMR. Ashley emailed me and she said, in 36 years, I just learned that for the mm-hmm. first time tonight while she was watching it. So call now if you know the answer. I'll mention some birthdays while we're waiting for that. Today is Monday, December 14th. Vanessa Hudgens has her birthday today. She turns 32 years old today. So. Yeah, stunning. <clears throat> Super yeah. talented. I thought she did a great job in Greece, the uh, the live presentation that they did. Riz. Yeah, she, yeah, she performed that. They did that live, and her father had just died the day before. You're right. And so she did that, that as sort of a tribute. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's really good. She, apparently, Steve, she did uh, Rent Live as well. I, I missed that, but that was last year, the, or 2019. Oh, we, that, actually, Nick, it was partially live. Do you oh, remember? Because right before, the, they, when they did the dress rehearsal, the, the run-through, the night before, one of the main players broke his ankle. Oh, no. Yeah. And so, uh, like at the, so they rec- had been recording that as just a backup, and so for the last number, 
He's sitting on a table with his leg up. Wow. Yeah. And she played Maureen in that. Wow. Okay, so she is 32 today. Uh, Michael Ovitz, who is a Hollywood bigwig, he was uh, president of Disney for a while. Super huge. I think he handled uh, Letterman for a while, too. I think he was an agent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was an agent. Uh, So he's done a whole lot of things. He's 74 today. Cliff Williams, who plays bass for the band ACDC, turns 71 years old today. The band is back together. Uh, they've got the new album out. They're doing great. The new album sounds like old ACDC, and that's a win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So happy 71st birthday to Mr. Cliff Williams, bassist of ACDC. Uh, another musical birthday today, Joyce Vincent Wilson. She is a member of Dawn, meaning Tony Orlando and oh. Dawn. So she was one of the backup singers. And we had Tony Orlando in our studio one time, ages and ages ago, back at Y100, even in our old studio, Y100. Yeah, yeah. He was awesome. He was great. He was one of the best gifts, uh, guests ever. He was sure we would know anything about him. Oh, my God. And I told him what night Tony Orlando and Dawn, the variety show, used to air on and what time. And he goes, oh, my God. And he just had story after story after story. He was great. So one half of the group, Dawn, who was part. Well, I guess, well, yeah, Dawn were the two gals, the, yes, the backups. there right? was Dawn so, and... Mm. Yeah, Dawn, and, and, <laughs> uh, and the other Dawn, and I can't remember her name. She was an actress. She yeah, was, she was on Bosom Buddies. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I've forgotten her name, uh, but she's great as well. Thelma so. Hopkins. Yes, Thelma thank Hopkins. You. I looked it up. Oh. I didn't know. Good work, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Try not to make everyone think you know all the members of Tony Orlando and Dawn. <laughs> she is, makes you seem pompous. Seventy four today. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> you just he just knows it. You can't just seem like you know the members of Tony Orlando and Dawn. <laughs> Uh, Steve, it's Ginger Lynn's birthday today. Oh, my God. Adult. She was the third member of the... Uh, oh, yeah. was she? No, she was a porn star in the oh. 70s and 80s. Uh, I always thought she was one of the most beautiful of the porn stars. Ginger I mean, Lynn could have been uh, like a regular... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is a compliment to someone in the porn industry, but a regular actress. She, You're right, Preston. She looked very girl-next-door-ish, attractive girl-next-door-ish. Yeah, she's beautiful. She is uh, 58 today. Uh, let's see, Natasha, oh, uh, Natasha McElhone, I guess is how you say her name. Is it McElhone? Mm-hmm. All right, she is, in the Truman Show, she's the one he's obsessed with, yes. who, who he's in love with. Right. Uh, she was also on the show Designated Survivor and Californication and a bunch of other stuff. She is 51 years old today. Actor Jackson Rathbone, who played Jasper on Twi- in the Twilight movies. <laughs> this is my realm now. There's not yeah. a whole lot of them. They were showing them back-to-back um, this weekend just passed. Yeah? And uh, <laughs> they're still pretty bad. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I bizarrely find myself watching them, though, because they're, they're, even, even though they're just a couple of years ago, they seem to be of a time. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to predict something. If they ever make a movie about Elon Musk... This guy will play him. You think oh, so? Yeah. Really? Look at his face, Nick. You're right. Yep. He 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 will be the he will be Elon Musk in the Elon Musk story. Uh, he uh, celebrates his 36th birthday today. I, I've, what else has he done besides those movies? Uh, he was he in, was in Dawn. Uh, he was one of the members of Dawn. No, he was in the Last Airbender. He played uh, Soko, I think. Is, okay. Yeah, Soka. Soka. That's it. Yeah. Sucker. But I don't I don't know him. Otherwise, no. okay, so he's 36 today. And then the last birthday I saw, last edition here, uh, singer Tori Kelly, who I know from the Nationwide yeah. commercials. Nationwide it's, is on your side. From a, a couple of years ago. But she was the voice of the er, uh, the elephant character in the movie Sing, the animated movie Sing. Great, yeah. great singer. Pretty girl. Yeah. Uh, talented. She's a songwriter as well. Plays uh, guitar. She's really, 
Yeah, she, but she's a pop singer. Okay. Uh, so she is uh, 28. I don't know of her, any of her hits. Do you mm, and Nationwide. No. There you go. No, when she does that, you're like, oh, this is a good song. I, yeah, would, yeah. I would maybe even think about buying it. And then she's Nationwide. Is on, like, oh, man, you ruined yeah, it. Yeah, she's singing <laughs> throughout it. And then yeah. she tags it with Nationwide. Yeah. Is on her side. But they did that with a few different singers. All right, anyway. Uh, she is 28 today. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Uh, what is the name of the mountain and how the Grinch stole Christmas? 215-263-WMMR <laughs> is the number. I'm going to go to Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good morning. All right, Ryan, what's the name of the mountain? Is it the Perchanger? Perchanger! Perchanger! Is that it? No, 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 no. The Grinch stood on Mount Perchanger. It's very close, but I'm sorry, that's incorrect. I'm going to go to Shane. (laughs) Hi, Shane. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, guys. All right, Shane, what is the name of the mountain in How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Is it Mount Crumpet? Mount Crumpet. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, Shane. We're going to set you up with a digital download of Blade, my friend. Congratulations. Right. I did a, a parody one time years ago, Preston, where they I had the Grinch poison the, the town water supply. Oh, and, my God. <laughs> and some people, some people thought that was a little over the line. So Crumpet is what Jim Carrey's character meant to say when he says she's going to invite us in for tr- uh, t- uh, tea and strumpets, strumpets right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And crumpets are, by the way, I bought some a few years ago because I saw them in the store and I'm like, oh, I was wondering what the hell that is. <laughs> it's like a flavorless cookie. Oh. It's like it's not even that sweet. It's just something to dip in your tea. It's like a, it's like a, a, a cookie that gave up. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Freak. So that's why you just don't see crumpets on the shelves these days. All right, let's see how we did at the box office this week. And the Croods was number one again. Uh, made $3 million. So that's, that's the world we're living in. Three weekends in a row that it's been number one. Followed by Half Brothers, Elf, Freaky, War with Grandpa, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, then you had Polar Express at number seven, followed by All My Life. Wonder Woman has resurfaced at number nine. And then Come Play rounded out the box office. Uh, we're going to start with uh, good old Harvey Weinstein this yeah. morning. The entertainment well, it's the holidays. Uh, he appeared via video Friday for an extradition hearing on his L.A. sex crimes case. Lawyers on both sides agreed to push his trip back for a second time due to, obviously, coronavirus restrictions and so forth. Uh, so the issues, this is according to his lawyer, Norm Effman, uh, who said the issues pertaining to the transportation of someone from New York to California, and specifically with respect to Mr. Weinstein, gave his very serious health conditions, uh, given that his very health, uh, serious health conditions remain the same. Uh, the 68-year-old, of course, is serving a 23-year sentence, and he is at uh, New York's Wendy Correctional Facility. I think everybody who watches this or looks at him thinks that these serious health conditions are amped up as they were during the trial when he was just hunched over and, and, and really playing for the, the sympathy. I, I don't think he's in that bad of shape. Well, he's landed in the prison hospital multiple yeah. times. Uh, he tested positive for COVID, but has since recovered. Uh, Judge Kenneth Case adjourned the hearing in April, uh, to April, I should say. He's charged with 11 counts of rape and assault and faces 140 years behind bars if convicted of all of that. Uh, Allison Mack, who rose to fame starring in Smallville and then plummeted to infamy after being implicated in the so-called sex cult Nexium, has filed for divorce from the Battlestar Galactica actress Nikki Klein. I didn't realize they were married. No, I didn't know that yeah. either. Uh, Mack pleaded guilty last year to racketeering charges and apologized for her role in recruiting and abusing women. 
Mac and Klein married in 2017, reportedly at the behest of Nexium's leader, Keith Ranieri. Mac has been accused of recruiting sex slaves for Ranieri and helping to mastermind the secret all-female society of masters and slaves for him. Uh, a date has not been set for her sentencing. She faces 15 years or more behind bars. Uh, Ranieri was sentenced to 120 years behind bars in October. Jeez. Two new documentaries facing are focusing on Ranieri, Mac, and Nexium are out now. HBO is airing The Vow, and Stars is airing Seduced inside the Nexium cult. Now, Steve, you had sent me an article over about this gal, Nikki Klein, yes. with Allison Mack, and she is still all in for the whole Nexium thing and defends yeah. it and says it was that that some of the details got a little bit out of hand, but it was nothing more than a group of women who were loyal to the 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 the, the cause of Nexium and Ranieri and that he wasn't doing this to cultivate a sex slave, right? Uh, you know, a, a harem of sorts and so on. And she says that she would ju- jump right back in were he out of prison. She also says that her testimony would have kept all of that from happening. Right. I find that hard to believe. Oh, yeah, totally. But um, it, totally. it's interesting, too, because to me this seems, this shows the effectiveness of the mind control. That yeah. at this point, with all the stuff, and all the people have come forward and said they were victimized, yeah. that this is still something that she believes. I kind of doubt that this guy's M.O. from the beginning was to start a sex cult, but I think as he I went agree. along, you got he power. Like, ooh. Well, let's, let's see how far we can go with this. Probably get a handy out of this. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's it's compelling stuff, man. This was really sad news from the weekend. Country Music Hall of Fame member Charlie Pride passed away on Saturday morning in Dallas, Texas, from COVID nineteen. A post of his uh, on his Facebook page announcing his death stated he was admitted to the hospital in late November with COVID nineteen type symptoms, and despite the uh, incredible efforts skill and care of his medical team over the past several weeks. He was unable to overcome the virus. Uh, They also added to the post, Charlie felt blessed to have such wonderful fans all over the world, and he would want his fans to take this virus very seriously. Listen to his achievements. He charted 67 songs. (laughs) 29 of them were number one songs in country music. It's massive. 29 number uh, it, one songs. That, so I remember my first wow. exposure to Charlie Pride was uh, a Hee Haw. Sure. You know, I was watching yeah. the Hee Haw Honeys, and then yeah. you be, started to realize you'd see commercials about his, his uh, you know, man, Charlie, the hits of Charlie Pride. And I'm like, well, okay, who is this guy? Yeah. And you realize just what a level he was at. Now, with 29 of his number one songs, and I've seen the titles here. I, I don't personally don't any, remember. I any don't of know them. any of them. And and listen, my you know it was in in the nineteen seventies. You know, like Steve was saying, yeah. Hee Haw was a hugely popular yeah. show. So I was exposed to a lot of country music. He, um, I just don't remember all those titles. He's real country on one level that wasn't quite the level that I liked a lot, which mm-hmm. is very twangy. We right. have a couple of samples if you want. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. sure, absolutely. Here we go. This is uh, is anybody going to San Antonio? Here we go. Is anybody going to San Antonio or Phoenix, Arizona? Any place is all right as long as I can forget I've ever known So he was groundbreaking in, uh, in that he was African-American. He was yes. the first African-American that was uh, elected into the Country Music Hall of Fame, by the way. 
Um, he was also reading a little bit about his his bio. He was like this close to being a major league baseball, yeah, uh, or a member of uh, of MLB. He played in the in the Negro leagues at the time they were called, uh, and he also played in the minors for uh, the Yankees. Um, and was on his way to possibly, but obviously you've got to, you know, you got to push it to a, a certain level to right, make it all the right. way to the bigs. He didn't quite make it there, um, and, but all all the time he was a great singer as well. Uh, the Opry star had given. Or do we have another clip? We do. Right, this is uh, here's when he performed this this song at the CMA Awards uh, just this past November. Um, he sang this, uh, and and also he received the Willie Nelson Lifetime Achievement Award. So right at the I end know. of his life, at least he got that in. At least he got it. Yep. So this is uh, the song. Whenever I chance to meet some old friends on the street, they wonder how does a man get to be this way. I've always got a smiling face. He was working on an album. I do know this actually. He was working on an album. Yeah, still looking for San Antonio. Was the uh, it was? No, no. <laughs> no, he's still looking for San Antonio. Where the F is San Antonio? You know, they, he would do that thing where uh, the first line would be like, oh, everybody, everybody. It's almost like tape slowing down. It's a country thing, absolutely. Uh, by the way, Nick pulled up a tweet from the great Dolly Parton who had written, I'm so heartbroken that one of my dearest and oldest friends, Charlie Pride, has passed away. It's even worse to know that he passed away from COVID-19. What a horrible, horrible virus, Charlie. We will always love you, which of course is you know yeah, great yeah. songs. By the way, I have a story about uh, Dolly in the news as well. Let me see if I she's can find a hero, this. isn't she? Yeah, dude, listen to this. So, yeah. not only you know helping with uh, vaccine research, she's the monarch of country music, Dolly Parton. She's also into saving lives in other ways. Uh, she stars in the new Netflix holiday movie, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, and she reportedly saved her nine-year-old co-star. To Leah Hill by pulling her away from the path of an oncoming vehicle. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh-huh. And Wait. then afterwards, apparently, she climbed up the side of the building. She heard screaming. She went into the building. It was on fire, and she fought the Green Goblin. What? Wow. Yeah. Uh, she said, we were on set. I was uh, at the hot chocolate station, and they said, go back to your beginning positions. Uh, no, this is the, gr- the little girl who said this, to Leah Hill. Uh, she said, so there's a vehicle moving, and I was walking, and somebody grabbed me and pulled me back. And it was Dolly Parton. Uh, Hill said that Dolly told her, well, I am an angel, you know, in reference to her role in the Netflix film. Uh, She said, I was in shock. She hugged me and she shook me and said, I saved your life. (laughs) And she said, and my mom's going, yes, you did, Dolly Parton. Yes, you did. It was Uh, actually a little bit more dramatic. She went running out, Preston, and she turned, uh, she held the girl behind her and turned her chest into the truck. And the truck bent around her as it collided. Wow. Okay. That's like superpower stuff. Uh, the moment added to an already surreal moment for Hill and her siblings. Wow. Uh, Tristan and Tyson, who were all cast in Netflix's new holiday film, Christmas on the Square, alongside Parton after an intense audition process. So, 
Did you watch uh, Saturday Night Live over the weekend, Steve? Did you see I Melissa Villasenor? She was really good. She did a Dolly Parton impression. Preston, it was it's pretty spot really on. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the What was the sketch? They, this, it was Dionne Warwick talk show. Okay. No, and, no, no, no. It was a Weekend Update. She, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she had uh, um, basically she she got on Weekend Update to do her Dolly Parton impression, but. Like she faked them out and was like, "Hey, I just want to sing my um, my holiday album, blah 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 blah." But she dressed up like Dolly Parton, and as it turns out, it was just a big ruse so that she could do her Dolly impression. Okay, I got. And you. it was actually pretty damn good, Steve. I don't know if she was actually singing live or if she was lip syncing, but either way, I don't know. It was good. She's she is a really really good impressionist. Really? Who, who, is she a cast member? I don't watch yeah, that. Yeah, she's anymore. a cast member, okay. and she does a ton of good uh, good impressions. Nice. All right, so what's going on with uh, Kim and Kanye? <laughs> what's up? They've had a rough year. Uh, every damn day, I ask, and it's and the, the unsettled nature of the relationship is causing a rift between me and my wife. Well, as many... <laughs> It's led to your relationship? Well, you pick sides. Okay. You know. As many will recall, Kanye aired several issues they had while uh, campaigning for president, including uh, talks of divorce with Kim. She even went public at one point, blaming Kanye's behavior on bipolar on a bipolar episode. Uh, and all of this has caused understandable tension in the marriage. And these days, <laughs> insiders tell people that the pair are very much living separate lives. Are they really? Yes. That according... sounds like a title of a song. It does, does it not? Uh, so an insider said, Kim seems happy and is very focused on work and causes. And added, she strongly believes that she can make a change when it comes to prison reform. This is her passion. Her family is very proud of her. And Kanye's happy because he's got his Gumby collection. Uh, most recently, Kim was working to halt the execution of Brandon Bernard, but failed to convince Donald Trump to hit pause. He was executed Thursday after being convicted of murdering a teen in 2000. Meanwhile, Kim is done, I tell you, done with Elf on the Shelf. Oh! Oh, yeah. What happened? She shared a hilarious... Did the Elf release a porn movie, too? She shared a hilarious <laughs> post on Instagram story of four different Elf on the Shelf dolls in faux quarantine. Each belonged to one of her and Kanye's kids. Clearly overwhelmed by the... Per- I'm not going to say anything no. else because that might give something away that yeah. I don't want to give. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope she put... Or I hope that there's uh, air holes at the top of these uh, mason jars. Otherwise, those things are dead. Casey's looking at a video of the dolls inside of mason jars. Yeah, that's a, that's a death sentence right there. So she's fighting the death penalty and she's murdering elves. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, is about to get a big assist from Tyler Perry, according to TMZ. Walker is set to fight a suit launched against him by the police who raided his home, and Perry's going to give him $100,000 to put towards his defense. Uh, there are no criminal charges against Walker, and the investigation into Taylor's death is ongoing. Uh, she was, of course, uh, most of recall, fatally shot at home by police. So uh, Tyler Perry opens up his pockets quite a bit for causes that he believes in, so he's going to help out with that. Uh, this I was not aware of. As the Justice League investigation continues, uh, Ray Fisher is speaking out. Uh, he says, we're on our way following the conclusion of the Warner Media probe. Uh, Fisher accused director Joss Whedon and producers Jeff Johns and John Berg of misconduct. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. What was this, it about? this was a big thing. So when Joss Whedon stepped in to finish uh, the, I love your mug, by the way. It's a big old <laughs> mug. Um, Thank you. I just get this is my new coffee mug today, and I was drinking while Steve was uh, talking. So, so uh, Joss Whedon stepped in to complete filming on the Justice League after Zack Snyder's daughter died, uh, and so obviously he took the time. He told us about it, you know, in yeah. the interview we had with him. 
And apparently he was a terror, as were some of the Warner execs to the cast, especially Ray Fisher, okay. who said that uh, they were he was just he, treated like crap. And everyone, uh, Jason Momoa and everyone has come to Ray's defense and said, yeah, it was a very bad atmosphere on that set. Wow. Uh, well, Ray had said that uh, he was also sent the following statement from Warner Brothers Media. It said, Warner Media, appreciate you having the courage to come forward and assist the company with creating an inclusive and equitable work environment for its employees and partners. So we will see where this goes. Uh, speaking of uh, Judd Apatow, Steve, um, Apatow is not thrilled with Warner Brothers movie to release its entire 2021 slate from Wonder Woman to Suicide Squad to theaters and HBO Max at the same time. So there's a lot of people that are continuing to speak up about this. He told Variety that watching the Warner Brothers decision unfold, uh, he said, certainly made me appreciate Universal. Apatow said, it's somewhat shocking that a studio for their entire slate could call what appears to be nobody. It's the type of disrespect that you hear about in the history of show business, but to do that to just every single person that you work with is really somewhat stunning. Now, AMC Entertainment says that it's going to need $750 million to remain viable through 2021. In an SEC filing, uh, the country's biggest theater company announced that it raised $100 million in debt, but may ultimately fail due to Warner Brothers' decision to release films to streamers. It's a pretty devastating blow, especially since there are some big titles that Warner Brothers is releasing. Now, there are... The plan is to release them to theaters and streaming at the same time. Correct. Uh, but uh, I don't. We don't know how that's going to play. So, in a statement, the company said, "We cannot predict what supply of movie titles will be available for theatrical exhibition once moviegoers are prepared to return in large numbers. Nor can we know can we know the certainty, the impact of the Warner Brothers announcement or any other similar announcements regarding the release of movie titles uh, concurrently to the home video or streaming markets as those arrangements." will be subject to negotiations that have not yet taken place. It's interesting that they went ahead and announced for the entire year. I think that's the big issue is because you could see a buffer of a few months, but at least you could set a point and say, all right, let's reassess right. as the vaccines roll out. I saw an interesting commercial precedence for this Mila Jovovich um, movie, uh, and it's monsters, you know, big like, you know, kaiju sort of things. Yeah. And it, it's the commercial's point was basically can this is the only not a movie that can only be seen in the theater. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're making a point that, you know, trying to massage that huh. go to the theater. And I forget which movie company is releasing it, but maybe it's universal. So is the argument that this is uh, ultimately going to hurt movie theaters or is that it's going to hurt the movie um, creators? Well, here's the deal. for a f- When you release a movie like this, all right, for for the flat fee, you know, um, you're, you're like a hit could generate much, much more money. You know, you're, you're making okay. sort of more of a flat deal. Uh, now, they will be open to the theaters. I think also what what they're upset about is that there is this... this um, this parity between the artists and the company, and okay, we have an understanding, and so on and so forth. They felt they were left completely out of the decision, and uh, Warner's Warner Brothers just moved ahead with the plan and, mm-hmm. and did this, you know, without any any input from people like Judd Apatow. Yeah, so I think it's it's a little bit of both. Well, I, I think it's a little bit of the movie industry and the and the uh, the theater industry, but also like Steve was saying, they're a little butthurt that they didn't come out yeah. and maybe float the idea out and yeah. get feedback first, even if they were going to make that decision, but. 
I got to believe they're going to reel some of this back in. I think they if, will. If things progress yes. with getting the, the, the virus under control. And so they, and they, we'll have to see. You can, you have to make people comfortable with that. I think they will right. get comfortable with that. I think we're, we're on track. And, and I agree with your pressure. I think there's going to be a time in, in a, you know, in a, I don't think we'll run the full year without them reassessing this. Yeah, yeah. Not to harp on it, but the, the counter argument would be, at least they've come up with a plan to release this so that people can see it, you know, so yeah. that there's an audience for art that's being created. Listen, am I upset that on Christmas I'm going to get to see the new Wonder Woman <laughs> right, movie? Right. No, I'm not. Right, and, no. and so, uh, yeah, I I see. I It's hard to, to see everyone's point on this. I think, you know, what really pisses, it doesn't piss me off, but upsets me, is the kid working behind the concession oh, counter totally. at the AMC who's, yeah. you know, I mean, we, right. th- that's, that's a big first job that's a big... They employ a lot of people, and, drove, and, and anything that we can get them back. And I know you know that. Yeah, no, I it, drove. I drove past the Anthony Wayne Theater yesterday. It's one of those uh, small theaters right on Route 30 in Wayne, and it's been shuttered for a long time. And it made me sad to see yes. that, you know. And so I can't wait for people to be able to go back to theaters. But until then, this is a nice remedy for people to be able to watch movies that are being created. But also to stay on schedule. If you're talking yeah. about theatrical releases, you know, you, you like for example, they're following press of the model of as if we were in a regular. Th- um, non-pandemic situation. This Saturday, Kristen Wiig is going to be hosting SNL because the Wonder Woman movie is coming out. So everything is moving along like that, but it's just different. Yep. All right, we'll see. Um, And then two more quick things. Comedian uh, Jenny Slate told Seth Meyers on Late Night that she is expecting her first child with fiancé Ben uh, Shattuck. Oh, so she completely moved on from Chris oh, yeah. Evans. Yeah, yeah, that's, okay. Yeah, that's done and done. Yeah, uh, she told <laughs> you Myers, have someone else's baby, and yeah, that's pretty much that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> we're over now. She said, "I just want to say, I think I baked too much or ate too much bread." She joked. Uh, she said, "You tell me, Seth. That's a lot of carbs." I watched a. It's a weird. Um, it, it's a stand-up special, but it's also a kind of a documentary. And she sits uh, down a lot, right? She's, uh, yeah. Well, she sits down with her yeah. family yeah. A, a lot, and, and they do kind of a little backstory on is, her. Is and it good? It's not bad. Her stand-up style is all right. She has I, one. I, 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 yeah. I agree. I don't, I don't find it. I think she's a better comedic actress. Yeah, she is. She yeah. is. But, uh, you, know, but she, you know, as a result... You know, she has a lot of stage presence, yeah. right? But, you know, her stand-up style is not necessarily what I like. But she has a funny joke about when, uh, because, like, we're all skeletons on the inside. Yeah. And when you laugh, you just, she can't help but see your skeleton going, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> Like Skeletor. <laughs> All right, one last story. Harrison Ford will be grabbing his whip and uh, ramming on his hat for a fifth Indiana Jones movie. Disney has confirmed uh, he's going to ram on his hat. A mere, I didn't write it. A mere 41 years after the first installment of Raiders of the Lost Ark was released. Uh, Disney <laughs> said in a tweet on Friday uh, that the movie movie would be redu- uh, produced, I'm sorry, by its production arm, Lucasfilm, and released in July of 2022. And that, quote, Indy himself, Harrison Ford, will be back to continue his iconic character's journey. The movie is in pre-production. Do we think they're going to go the route that they did win the last time when they tried to groom Shia LaBeouf as a replacement for Indiana Jones? I think they should just stick with Indy, make him the lead protagonist, 
You, you know, do do what you do with the, the, the cool supporting characters. Yeah. Well, don't have him fly. Yeah, he is yeah. not going to be able to jump on the front of a truck right, and, right. and go underneath Mass it with transit. his whip and do all that stuff anymore. So it, in order to continue that type of action, they're yeah. going to have to have somebody else. They, they can just, you know, I think. Uh, know that everyone's there to see Indiana Jones and have the things that he'd be doing now, like a dinner at 2 o'clock. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I just think they picked the wrong guy. Number one, the movie had a lot of flaws in it. It was still fun, but some people absolutely hate yeah. it. They're talking about the Crystal Skull, but right. Uh, but I think they picked the wrong guy in Shia LaBeouf. I think so too. Yeah, uh, it didn't. I didn't like that. Uh, you know, that edgy. You know, kind of James Dean sort of thing. Yeah, I didn't no. think that was the right route to go. It was um, supposed to be his son, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in February, Ford had told Ellen DeGeneres that the production on a new Indiana Jones movie would begin this year. He had said, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. They are great fun to make. I actually watched over the weekend um, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and... Uh, Temple of Doom? No. Last uh, Crusade. Last Crusade, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, skip Temple of Doom. Steve, what if they were to do a prequel and it was the Indiana, but they did. The dog was the ah, uh, star of the show because I like we that. named the dog Indiana. Right. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. an Indiana dog. Let's do the let's do the clips. Bob Hart's uh, Abishola follows a middle-aged uh, compression sock salesman <laughs> as he wins the heart of his cardiac nurse after surviving a heart attack. And in this clip, our buddy Billy Gardell teases what is to come on the show as the couple prepared to get married. Here we go. Bob and Abishola, I think the thing they share in common is when they make a decision, they make a decision. That's it. It's one of their common traits. And so uh, I, I think there's a wonderful bunch of material ahead because when you marry someone you marry their family and trying to to get the families to get along and, and to blend together i think brings a couple closer together yeah! bob hart's habashola airs tonight 8 30 that's on cbs here's the next clip as fans anxiously await for the mandalorians season two finale uh, the hype for the future of Star Wars continues to increase. In this clip, star Pedro Pascal talks about his favorite things that he's seen through the helmet on the show. Here we go. Everything that I get to look through in terms of that lens is something, whether it's Amy Sedaris and that wig. And, of course, the child is one of the best acting partners I've ever had. Yeah! Uh, the final episode of The Mandalorian's second season premieres Friday, and that's on Disney+. Plus. I have to tell you, the last two episodes, Preston, of The Mandalorian have been sensational. Yeah. And Bill Burr was awesome in the last episode. Nice. He, yeah, he's part of the cast. I mean, they've been really delivering the goods. Excellent. All right, well, there you go. That is the entertainment report for today. We're going to take our first break. Not our first break. We're going to take a break. We're One of the breaks. Break. One of the breaks. A- uh, we will come back in a moment, and uh, we'll bring up to people <laughs> what's going on in today's program. Stay with us. WMMR. We're not just in your car anymore. Ask Alexa to open MMR, and we'll come streaming right into your house. And we promise, we're not listening to you doing stuff that often. I want to give a little nod and congratulations to our sponsor of uh, the traffic, NJM Insurance, because I found out, a little birdie told me, that uh, yeah. J.D. Power ranked them first in the entire Whoa! country Ooh. for customer satisfaction. Yay, NJM Insurance Group. Thank you, and, and for sponsoring our traffic. We can't do it without the sponsors, gang. So uh, we are quite thrilled to have them uh, be a part, and we're happy for their achievement, which is really, really cool. Um, so I have a series of stories that all fall into the season. 
Um, so the holiday season. Then. Yes, we love the holiday season. I'm, uh, I'm completely immersed. Yes. in the holiday season at this point. <laughs> and now it just ended. <laughs> boing 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 boing. You know there'll be there'll come a time in about seven days when I will love hearing this song. I I don't I don't detest this song at all. Yes, but of all the great Christmas songs, I don't rank this among them. I hate no? it. You hate oh, it? Really? Yeah, you know why I hate it? Because I love Paul so much, and this one just annoys me. You just have the impression he could have done better. Yes. Right? Thank I think you. It, I think Is it's that mainly, it? I think yeah. it's mainly because of the uh, the Moog synthesizer. Yes. And they were just right. playing around with that technology at the time and wanted to do something it's with silly. it. They just fell on the synthesizer yeah, and the point, song point, came point, out. See, I hum along to this one. Like, this one's just neutral for me. No, I, like, and I, I agree. Like, Neutral's a good word. I like the melody. Yeah. But the... It's not very Christmassy. Oh, it's something that goes bling, bling, bling. Someone should redo this with different instrumentation. No, man. Do you not hear the sleigh bells in the background? It makes it a Christmas Leave song. Leave the sleigh bells in. That is fine. But the... <laughs> use different instrumentation. Yeah. Or just have somebody going... Wah, 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 wah. We can do s- that. Do you ever see the SNL bit with uh, Paul and Martin Short? And uh, it's not that long ago. It was maybe like five or six, seven years ago, something like that. And Martin Short comes out and... Um, He's he's auditioning to be on right, some type right. of a show and like American Idol or whatever, and he keeps singing and tells keeps telling Paul to shut up. You can't <laughs> sing. You can't <laughs> sing. And you know, typical Martin Short fashion. And then finally, the uh, the um, sort of the scenery behind them opens up, and Paul's got the entire band back there, runs up and does this song. So that made okay. me like it a little bit more. Okay, all right. Well, you know what? I actually I have a list of the most hated Christmas songs of all time. I don't know if we want to go through that now or another time. What yeah, do you think? hold that. Go with what you're going because okay. I think it's good. I all think right. um, I think uh, we can hold that, that list for a is second. is good to go through. But we'll 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 do it another time. So, but we will do a music themed uh, story here oh. about the holidays. So, in most wholesome Christmas movies, at some point. <clears throat> the characters will all sing together. And so it happens in, in several classics, like in Elf at the end, yes. obviously. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. Grinch Stole Christmas, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. So screenwriter Karen uh, Shaler recently told the New York Times that screenwriters know that audiences crave the emotions that are denied in real life. So the, the headline is, why is it so sad when characters in Christmas movies sing together, sing in unison? Uh-huh. Uh, and it says, so So could it be that we crave the seemingly spontaneous eruptions into song that seem to bring characters together with holiday warm and fuzzy feelings? Uh, so Inside Hook writer Kayla Kibbe points out, singing that takes place in these films often proves the uh, to possess magical qualities. It does. It's so magical. Making believers out Hallmark of, does it all the time, Preston. Out of Christmas cynics and usually saving the holiday in the process. In, in fact, I watched about 91 Hallmark movies over the weekend, and um, 90 of them had a point where they get together, the family sing songs right by the piano or whatever, and it's uh, it's all part of the deal, and it gets emotional. So I I put I put that the the spontaneous like one person will start singing, yeah, yeah, and then the next thing you know, two or three, and then you have a crowd of a hundred people singing the song together. I put that in the same category as the slow clap, in yep. that it never really happened. <laughs> Not in real life. In real life. That was going to be my question to you: Have you ever erupted into song spontaneously over an emotional event? No. Yeah. Not that I that that the only time that I've seen uh singing start to happen spontaneously and everybody join in, Steve, 
is when we were in Ireland at the <laughs> pub. Yes. Oh, and that's yeah. what they do there. Yes, right. it's real. They, they really do it. They don't have a sound system. No. <laughs> they sing, man. They yeah. hang out in the small town. We were in this small town in this pub broadcasting there for a week, and these people would just sing. Drop just... dead Yankees. <laughs> Drop dead now. Drop dead Yankees. Drop dead right now. Yeah. We wish you'd leave our town. Um, so that's the only time I can remember. Like one person would start singing, yeah. and then the next thing, two or three, and then you got the whole well, bar, everybody getting on top. Of it happens here all the time. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. <laughs> Come on, everybody. But it does the happen only, here all the time. The only time. time it happens around here, I'll tell you when it does happen. Yeah. Fly, eagles, fly. Yeah, yeah. That's when you get your spontaneous That's like singing. a war chant. Yeah, exactly. It's around tone. Like around the holidays after you finish the, the meal, just, you know, hey, let's go into the parlor and sing songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It happens in Hallmark Land all the time. If you were standing, you know, just somewhere in public. At a crime mean, scene? It's obviously not going to happen right now. And started singing Silent Night, would somebody eventually come along? And I then think... it would be a duet and then a trio and then so on and it so depends. on. It depends. I think it, around the holidays, I think you could sort of finish. Nesset. We were on the Col- Colebrook, right? Is that how it's pronounced, Kathy? The, the railroad? Colebrookdale. Colebrook, yeah. yeah. So Colebrookdale uh, train, the Polar Express, my wife and I on, on Saturday. And um, there was a piano player, and she said, you know, she started to go into Rudolph. And she had everyone singing. And, and for the first time in a long time, I sang publicly with my wife. Ah. And it was fun. <laughs> but that's part of... That's the, the experience. Yeah. Right, you right, know, yeah, right. Yeah, it's not like you're you're at a morgue. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. So but anyhow, it is a it's an easy uh it's an easy thing to put into a movie that will that will move you, you know, because people want that to happen in real life. I'm a sucker for it. Uh hang on a second. All right, Justin had a spontaneous singing moment. Let me go to him. Hey Justin, good morning. Gadzooks, guys. dude, what's up? So we were at a uh, me and my and my two sisters were at a taking back Sunday show. At Xfinity Live, probably about four or five years ago, and the crowd got way too out of control. Like we actually broke like a fence down that was separating the crowd from the band. Wow! And they like brought people out to like try to reinforce the gate so they wouldn't have to shut the show down. Like they were bringing out the cooks and everything from Xfinity Live, like security, wow. all these people that were like supposed to go home. They made them stay longer and hold the fence up. Okay. Eventually, it got too out of control, so they shut the show down. Probably with like four or five songs left on the uh, playlist. So what happened was we're all sad because we wanted them to play like one of their best songs is called Tell All Your Friends. Sad. So yeah. what happened what, what happened was I got like I just started like like shouting the lyrics and everybody it started slow like one or two people and then eventually like by the time the half halfway point of the song got there everybody's just like singing and harmonizing. You got the crowd to sing along with you. How soon before they were spraying you with rubber bullets? Uh, it happened actually at the start, but I didn't give up. <laughs> hey, Justin, wait a minute. Did you save the day? No, I didn't. It was no. just... Oh, <laughs> uh, because that would have been so cool. If everybody would have around. Calm, calm down. Yeah. And, and uh, no, that it, it, did it turn into a riot after that? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. They realized they didn't look as good as the band, and they were just like, oh, this guy's crazy. <laughs> if you can get a few people to sing Thanks, along, Justin. though, you know, that's that's good. I We've tried. Have we? Tr- we've tried things like that at various events. You, you say oh, yeah. Slay, uh, Slayer. Yeah. If you, uh, if you sing, uh, or if you, well, let's no, you just well, yell and yeah. people yell, and you can at an Eagles game. Actually, any any sort of event in Philadelphia, if you just yell e, hey, people yeah. will right. you know, chant that in. with yeah, you. But yeah. Singing is different. However, when we were at the camp out for hunger one year, power went out in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of oh, our practice. Right. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. 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 And. 
I'm looking at the crowd, <laughs> and it was a packed house, and I'm like, they're getting antsy. We are going to die. We are going to die. Uh-huh. We need to do something. So I forgot. I think I started singing mm-hmm. a Christmas carol yeah. and got everybody to sing. Did. It worked. And we killed a little bit of time because wow. everybody started singing together. So sometimes it does come the mood It's for happened a, a few times. You remember, I think it was the third or fourth year for the Camp Out Press, and the power went out, and we, you and I performed the full Nutcracker Suite. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was I, breathtaking. I'm, I'm surprised we could remember that. Uh, here was a, a, a text that came in and said, spontaneous singing is my favorite part about working in an elementary school okay yeah i guess i could see that yeah you can hear sing uh sweet caroline you know if, you, if you're at a bar when bars are open yeah uh you know that's a sing-along at the end of the night any any uh bon jovi hit that's a sing-along <laughs> uh but yeah i mean it you know it has to be a festive occasion yeah if you go tommy used to work on the dock it works and you're yeah. the only one in the bar and they're just looking at you yeah <laughs> what? get him out yeah uh, all right, so anyhow, uh, singing Christmas movies in unison can uh, bring people together. That's the, the moral of the story here. <laughs> Is this our little in-between segments uh, segue here? This one goes out to Preston. Uh, let me see. Like I said, I did see some stories about the holiday. See, it's wearing uh, me down right now. Every time we play it, I'm getting more and more acclimated to it. All right, I saw this story about how to find out when uh, PS5 and other sellout toys and Christmas gifts are restocked. How? Um, who, do you, who do you have to uh, have sex with? Here are some suggestions. First, check price comparison sites like Idealo, uh, Google Shopping, and Price Spy. Yeah. Also, go to your chosen retailer's website and sign up for any e- for email alerts when your desired item is back in stock. Uh, Amazon shoppers can click the alert me box next to a product if it's out of stock. One of the recommendations giving oral to a Walmart security guard. Oh my god! <laughs> and if you can click sign up, you'll be sent an email when the item becomes available again. Stevie, huh. that's not even going to help because Walmart's not carrying them in stores. You've tried it. This <laughs> <laughs> didn't work at all. <laughs> I did no. this for nothing. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? You know, you're only part time. <laughs> yeah. I went to a Walmart no, early a Walmart. on a uh, Saturday. I went at like, uh, it opens at 7. I got there at like <laughs> 7 o'clock. Which guy should I give up? <laughs> Steve, you look down and go, <laughs> guy looks down and goes, we don't have him here. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? All right, I'm going to finish, but I'm upset. Okay, so, there, I mean, listen, it is the, uh, the PS5 is the, um, as you would imagine, in a time of pandemic, it's the biggest video game console release As in you history. can imagine. Yeah. As you can imagine. Uh, so it says you should remember when using this service or a similar one from any website, the alert that the item is available, no matter how it's messaged to you, does not reserve the item, merely lets you know it is available. I don't know if I... Tr- I, I guess I've always sort of not trusted those sites. Like, I always I wonder know, I if they're sponsored by the various companies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you could also sign up to get alerts from a stock checker, which will send push notifications to your phone or emails uh, to you when the uh, product you want comes back into stock. That does work. I've done that before. The and emails? You get, yeah, you get the email and you're like, oh, and then you quick buy it because you think it's going to sell out again. Oh, so that's worked? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. They'll email you when it's back in stock. Uh, it says also you should follow the right Twitter accounts uh, mm. that can put you ahead of the game when it comes to spotting environments uh, back in stock. For Hope example, Solo's butthole is a good one to follow. That is, yeah. 
All right, no, PS5 UK stock in, in the United Kingdom. So you got to go to England to get this? No, if you're in the UK. Oh, okay. No. So PS5 US stock maybe exists. Sweetie, I don't know. I'll be back in a week. <laughs> uh, they monitor the discussion on PS5s from uh, other users and share them with their own followers. So there might be some uh, sites out there. By the way, the Hope Solo's butthole account has been suspended. What? Oh, man. Uh, they must Nick have gotten just, political. Nick just found that out. I don't really know. <laughs> Um, but it's not there anymore. All right. What else you guys yeah, Oh, there's more. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Hold on. What? Intern Ben is on the line. All right. What? As you can imagine. As you can imagine. And he oh. has uh, tips for getting a PS5. Of course he would. I will go to him. Uh, intern Ben. Yay. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Great, man. How are you? I'm hanging in there. You know, holiday rushes ahead. Just calling the hotline, uh, huh? Well, we, 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 you know, he is—he's now an official member of the show. So, so let me ask <laughs> Dude, you, he Ben. Had the most popular uh, yeah. okay. Daily Rush video. I didn't know he was a hotline, uh... Ben. Okay. He just now found out Casey doesn't like you. Must hurt. <laughs> um, so, how do you get PS5s, Ben? So, what I've been doing to help people get them is there are two Twitter accounts you can follow and turn on notifications for. One is called Wario64, so it's W-A-R-I-O-64, and the other is Cheap Ass Gamer. And what they do is, throughout the day, when different stores get them, they put out immediate tweets hmm. with links to the storefronts and ways to get to it. What's the most reliable for folks is the uh, uh, straight from Sony for the PlayStation Store. All right, so that that's the most reliable. But as far as far as ordering online, are we talking about being able to order online, or do you have to actually physically get to the store if you have any if They're you want any shot? Online. Okay, so all online. All right, get it in stock. They will post the link and say this is where to get it. And the PlayStation Store, what they've been doing every day, they've been opening up a queue where you you go to the link, you get put into a queue, and what happens is you're assigned a randomized spot in line, and the the uh, bot verification is very stringent with this, so they're making sure actual people are getting the system and not just the bots that right. have been swapping Walmart and all the other uh, retailers. And, and do, are you, let me ask you: Are you getting one? Did you did you manage to secure one? Uh, my friend did doing this method. I'm still working on it, just because there are a lot of people trying to get it, as you can imagine. As you can, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Thanks, so Ben, ben. give him the hits. Ben. Ben. Over his window. Yeah, yeah, always give him the all hits. the hits. Let me ask you, Ben: What about the uh, the Xbox X? So, I, from what I've heard, the Xbox Series X is just about as hard to get, but it's not due to demand. It's due to Microsoft not having that many on here. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for the uh, the advice. Absolutely, guys. Have well, a great holiday. Well, hang on, Ben. What was the second one you said? Because um, I'm not – did you say cheap-ass gamer? Yeah, cheap-ass gamer. All right. Cheap-ass. A-S-S? Yes. The – Actual tag is video game deals, uh, but his um, oh. title, Casey, is cheap ass gamer. It's got the blue check and everything. You might also want to try wankaholics.com. It's uh, different. <laughs> nice. All right. Thank you, Ben. Nice to talk to you, bud. Thank you, guys. Have a great holiday. All right. See you later. You too. Bud. As you can imagine, that, everyone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's no character. <laughs> you change out Tiny Tim for Ben. Yeah, As you can imagine, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Please tell me the gamer survives. So, all right. Well, there you go. There's, uh, there's some tips. I think that's uh, that's going to help out quite a bit for some people. All right. How about uh, this? As, as far as uh, shopping and spending money's uh, or, or money around the holidays <laughs> goes, 
Uh, Americans are determined to make the end of 2020 more cheerful. Yes. And that means spending a lot more money. A survey of over 3,400 people by Retail Me Not finds two out of three Americans say they plan to spend the same amount or more during the holidays this year compared to last year. I was on gapingholeyuletide.com, <laughs> and uh, they agree with this. Okay. Yeah. Americans plan to shell out an average of $775 or 114 more dollars than last year. In an uh, effort to sort of brighten things up? Oh, yeah. 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 The National Retail Federation Chief Economist Jack Clenhines uh, <laughs> uh, says in a press release, after all they've been through, we think there's going to be a psychological factor uh, that they owe it to themselves and their families to have a better-than-normal holiday. I see that manifested, again, just in house decorations. And, you yeah, know, last yeah. year, last couple of years in my neighborhood, generally they've done okay, and we've always been the standout. But I've seen a lot of people stepping up. I think they just want to have something to smile about, you know? Yep, yep. or something to do. Something to do. Something to build, yeah. uh, to, to work on a project. As you could imagine. Yeah, so, uh, so expect people to spend more money. Uh, also, yes, another story. Billy boo. Uh, experts, of course, have advised against any non-essential holiday travel. But Expedia reports that the busiest travel days coming up in terms of flight demand for Christmas will be Saturday, December nineteenth, and Wednesday, December twenty-third. Those days in particular. While the busiest return flight day for now is the day after Christmas, Saturday, December twenty-sixth. Okay. And I saw some deals over the weekend for like flights. what. Uh, $39 from Philly. To Tokyo? Uh, what's that? <laughs> to Tokyo? Oh, no, to L.A. <laughs> oh. uh, but, Excuse know, me? Yeah. If you know, Nick, if you buy those now, when do you have to take those flights? Well, not Christmas. So, it, right. you know, and, and people that are looking to travel over the holidays or, or whatever, th- that week is still really difficult. Like, could you could you book right now? Could you buy tickets for your your, your summer vacation? Or yeah, not, but I think that those not what are... I saw. I, I saw through like January and uh-huh. February um, because I actually started thinking about you know what it will be like in the summer. You know, yeah. where, where to travel, plane safety, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, Kathy, I didn't see up until that point, but the next couple of months, you can get some really good travel deals on flights. Yeah, and you know what? They actually, um, I forget what the announcement was, but it coincided with um, maybe like the, the vaccine was available or whatever it was, but the prices spiked. So it was like super expensive, like $300 to, you know, 350 <laughs> to fly to Florida. But then uh, when they they imposed more shutdowns or more restrictions, everything dropped, went down to like 90 bucks. Okay. I was talking to a guy who's, um, who is involved with... Um, Tents for you know public events and stuff like that, and how they the the you know they they swap out the air and they clean the air and they filter the air on on planes now more than ever. Like I think the environment in the cabin cycles like twenty times. Yeah. It's and, not the plane that's unsafe; it's yeah. the people that you're traveling right. with that, they, are, that, are, that you know could put you in a little bit of jeopardy. The so air they, and the they plane? skipped it up yeah. tremendously. Now it kind of makes me a little angry though. I'm like, why were they not doing this before? I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, that's that you know the the um what what is the name of the uh, the, the the compound that you take, a lot of people... Airborne or... The airborne. It, that was created because of people flying and they... they, they We're getting sick you on always planes. get sick on planes. Yeah. It's all like, part of the deal. They hand out now a, you know, a little wipe for you to wipe down your, your yeah. seat and your... Tra- why were they not doing that before? <laughs> Why are we just getting wipes? Yeah. Hey, speaking of and and uh, the virus and so on, I did see an, a, a piece of good news this morning mm-hmm. that said that there, there were... Fears that there might be what they call the twin demic uh, happening this year with not only COVID but the uh, flu rearing its head at the same time. So you would have these compounding things taking place. The advance word is so far because so many people got their flu shots this mm-hmm. year that it's looking like they may have gotten it right 
and that things are, are uh, for a twindemic, like like the flu becoming an issue as well, is probably not going to happen. Well, so that's, that's good, good news. Right. That is good. That's really good news. And you would have yeah. to think that like the washing of the hands and the wearing of the masks will also help and to abate. Certainly. <laughs> Thank you, you Arnold. These things. The washing the hands and the antiseptic and the wipes and the things that you do, that would take care of that. Right. Yeah. These sort these sort of things that you know the, the flu and the pandemic, uh-huh. pandemic with the pandemic and the coronavirus. But no, that's good news. Right. So you know these, these sort of things. Yes, these things. Uh, <laughs> by the way, also experts say that if you must travel, you should try to do so during off-peak times, such as Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and New Year's Day as well. Stagecoach. And speaking of New Year's Day, this is my last item. Ah, the Christmassy thingies. Uh, stop. The end of the <laughs> Even year. Even Paul hates it. Turn that off. <laughs> Goddamn, it's terrible. Uh, Stockholm University's researchers say that if you prepare a New Year's resolution, here's what you can do to how to keep it. All right. Uh, and it says that you should rephrase your resolution from I will slash or avoid to dot, 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 to change it to I will start to dot, dot, dot. Instead of I will quit smoking, you go to I will start to quit smoking. I'll do you one better. Yeah. I will say I'm going to quit smoking. There you go. That gives you an even bigger out. It says you'll be more likely to reach your goals if you take that Approach. I will start to exercise more, as opposed to I will exercise more. I will half-heartedly exercise more. No, you, <laughs> meaning that you will ease into it. So, for example, if your goal is to stop eating, you know, sugary sweets and things like that in order to lose weight, you will most you will most likely be more successful if you say I will eat fruit several times a day instead. You then replace sweets with something healthier, which like pop- salt. Which probably means that you will lose weight and also keep your resolution. I think that's, well, what you're doing is you're setting more achievable parameters. Yes. Right? So instead of saying conclusively, I will lose 200 pounds and you weigh 150. Right. It's just not going to happen. It says you cannot erase a behavior, but you can replace it with something else as well. Uh, Although this might be harder to apply to the resolution, I will quit smoking, uh, which is something you might do 20 times a day. Um, so think about a replacement for something as you well. did that. Yeah. Yeah. I did. You, you, I traded booze for cigarettes, <laughs> the healing power of alcohol, but I only did it for a couple of weeks. Yes. And, uh, That's the key. Many can't terminate that self-help program. <laughs> yep. You've got, you got to have, uh, you got to be determined Yes. Uh, when you do it. And I certainly <laughs> was. My sister is, uh, has started her quits. My sister's like a two pack a day person. How is she doing? She yesterday had, uh, we were texting and it was like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. She'd only had five cigarettes so far that day. That's huge. That's pretty amazing. So, so to peel off massive two packs, uh, what would be your consistency of smoking throughout the day? You'd have to be pretty much one right to another, right? Yeah. You would chain smoke for a while. And yeah, man, to, to go through two packs, that's, that's like several an hour. Uh, yeah. You know? I mean, how long are you awake, uh, just generally speaking? You sleep eight hours a day, right? Yeah, so, so 16, 16 hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll do a little bit. Not, little not unless you can rig up a device that helps you smoke <laughs> in your sleep. So that's, that's, uh, it's 20 cigarettes in a pack, so 40, pa- 40 cigarettes a day. Oh, my God. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hayes, so when you were at your the highest amount of cigarettes, what were you doing? A pack? Uh, yeah, I, I would say a pack was w- basically where I maxed out at. Like, if I had been drinking 
two things. You smoke more and you end up giving more out, you know, because you have the people who aren't really smokers. Oh, right. you're like, yeah. Before you know it, you're going down on a Walmart employee to get a game system. <laughs> yeah. at, at smoking, when I would smoke about a half pack a day, but if I were to go to a bar for a few hours, right. I'd smoke a whole pack. Whole, yeah. whole pack of cigarettes, man. That's Just why you right through it. and me, the person next to you who didn't smoke, would wake up with a raspy voice. Yeah. I was always like, people were like, my mom would used to ask me, like, did you... Did you smoke a cigarette? I'm like, no, I was just standing next well, to him. Why do you ask? Why are you asking? Oh, my God. No, I did not at all. Steve, listen, you are not far uh, off for whatever reason. I would get oh, affected and I would sound like that after a long night at the bar. Dennis, want to get it home? Steve, she and Dennis wake up in the morning and Dennis Turt rolls over. Good morning, sweetheart. How are you, sugar plum? <laughs> I'm going to go make you some breakfast and bread. Oh, God. No, it wasn't Dennis. This was college. <laughs> Ramon. Ramon. You're, well, you weren't Puerto Rican in college. Oh, uh, no, that was high school. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, high school I wasn't waking up like that. <laughs> Two packs a day. You're smoking a cigarette, it seems like, every 24 minutes oh or so. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay, that sounds about right. But about every half hour. What's she, what's she using, oh. Preston? Is she using... Chantix. Chantix, okay. The Rayliota method. Yes, so a cold so. turkey. Yep. Now, has she developed eyeliner uh, as uh, Rayliota? No, has. she has not had tattooed eyeliner <laughs> like Rayliota yet. <laughs> uh, but so far, so good. So I'm, I'm really uh, and she's, really happy for her. She's encouraged. Uh, yes, very much good. so. Good. So once you get encouraged, once you get that, you see progress, yep. you can parlay that. Unfortunately, it, it, was, it came from a pretty tough scenario because I... I Pretty much laid a really hard guilt trip down on her because of your mother. Yes, and she got really upset and angry with me, and we didn't talk for a few days. And then she came back and she's like, "Okay, I'm going to do this." So I kind of had the the intervention of sorts with her. Well, I didn't mean to, but it just I, I, you care about your mother, you care about her. Yeah, the came. fight started initially over the Paul McCartney song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, why not? You know, she's a big so. <laughs> I need I needed a way to get the dialogue started. Why are you always playing that when we talk? <laughs> uh, no, you listen. You you it came from a good place. It wasn't done out of yeah. You know. So and listen, she's been a god. She's been a smoker since she was a teenager. So and she's you know in her mid fifties. So that's it's a big deal that she's doing this. So I'm I'm very proud and very happy. Yeah. So yeah. you can do it too. Remember, Doctor Rosenpenis is out there as well. Absolutely. You can do the uh, <laughs> quit it now. Quit yeah. it now. Yeah. Call one eight hundred penis. Just for the hell. Just call it. Do it. See what happens. Go for it. Dude, why don't you do it right know. now? Call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's not enough <laughs> Now you numbers. need two more Add numbers. Add an S. Penis 69. Yeah. Add a second S. S. Add a penis. second S for savings. <laughs> penises. Penis, penises. Penises. Yeah. 1-800-PENISES? Yeah. Should just we call it? it Let's do it. Yeah, All I mean, right. why not? Can we, we do it? Uh, probably, but um, if it's smoking I, cessation, I, I really hope we got isolated, Gabby, <laughs> saying penises. <laughs> no, can we do it? Honestly, uh, no, uh, no. live and, and see yeah, what happens. Let's try it. Why not? Let's can see if it is an actual smoking cessation service. Uh, I, I think I tend to think not. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with no. Know, I put that on hold, Preston. Uh, okay, Casey has to go over to. Uh, just hung up. Damn it! Okay. Oh, there we go. That's Don't we have a, a penises hotline? <laughs> Ten. One eight hundred penises. One eight hundred. Yes. All right. You just dialed it. All right. You can put it on hold, and then I'll pull it up on the button. It's gonna be nothing. Get I ready mean. with the dump. Button. Oh, it just hung up, Case. Oh, Aww. maybe that's a service that immediately hangs up. <laughs> you call one eight hundred penises, and it immediately hangs up on you. Oh, this was it. Wow, yeah. this is so convenient. <laughs> it keeps you level-headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me Anything, see. Case? He's trying. 
And listen. Hello, I've reached residence of Bill Waston. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Hang on a second. I've I, I hit the button. Welcome to America's Hottest Talk Line. Stop it. Guys, hot ladies are waiting to talk to you. Ah! Press one now. <laughs> ladies, to talk to interesting and exciting guys free, press two press to two. connect free press, now. Press two? Yeah. Guys, press one now. Ladies, press two now. Oh, you it's can't not, do it through it, the yeah, phone. To yeah. talk to our technical support department. Yeah. It hung up. So, well, I did not know phone lines. Phone still lines exist. like that. Still still wow. Really? Mm. Really? And it's so obvious too. Penises. Type. The, how about the c word? I am. I am amazed. That's not. That's not enough. Well, you got a few letters. Okay. Um. Maybe twice. C U N. Right. S-K-R. Yeah. S K R. Sucker. You know, oh. Okay. S U C K R. Yeah. But no. 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 Yeah. No. I was thinking of the other. Oh, oh C O C. No, wow. see you next C-U-N. Tuesday. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, that didn't work. <laughs> That's our Christmas we're chat. We're wrapping up our Christmas chat with one eight hundred penises. God so. bless us, everyone. Yes. As, you can, As you can imagine, everyone. <laughs> everyone. Yeah. As why you can we, imagine. Why don't we take a break and uh, come back in a moment, and we'll get into the bizarre file when we return. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR and Parks Casino and Sportsbook present Preston and Steve's Christmas Miracle, the Pollyannabelle edition, and the return of the horrendous holiday attire competition, the Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Contest. This year's event is, surprise, going virtual. It's basically a good old-fashioned white elephant party. So get ready to steal your way to happiness. Tune in December 22nd. At stake, some of the coolest prizes, gadgets, and gifts from our winter wonderland of clients and sponsors. Like Acme Markets, Keswick Cycle, and Squeezed.com. Go to WMMR.com for details and online photo entry for the Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Contest. Preston and Steve's Christmas Miracle, the Pollyannabelle Edition. Presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. It's a Christmas miracle. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We have our Christmas Miracle event taking place. It's normally a live broadcast, but it won't be this year. However, we do have the support of the place that we normally broadcast from, and that is Parks Casino and Sportsbook. It's going to be on December 22nd, so a week from tomorrow that we're going to be doing this, and it's the Pollyanna Bell edition. So we are going to have your chance to win some prizes doing it in a different way as opposed to asking just trivia questions, and then you answer the question correctly, and you win the prize. Uh, we will <clears throat> ask a question. You will have to text in the answer to that question. Then you'll go into a pool of listeners who get it correct. And then we're going to randomly choose five people to participate in our white elephant prize swapping competition that will be taking place. We'll get you more of the details as we get closer. If you want to see them, the details are at WMMR.com. Uh, but there are rules you have to follow as far as prize swapping goes. So when we have it on the day, we'll... we'll Tell you exactly what you need to know. So on Friday, uh, Bill Burns, who's uh, one of the sales muckety mucks here, uh, came by to talk about um, some of the stuff that is uh, going to be part of this Preston prize wise. Mm-hmm. Impressive. Yes. Impressive. Most impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, we also have the Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Contest is taking place. And you can go ahead and submit to that. Right now, mm-hmm. uh, you go on the website, get the information, and send us a picture of you in your ugly sweater. We will each, on the President and Steve Show, pick our favorite ugly sweater. And that morning, we'll have the listeners of the President and Steve Show vote on their favorite. And that winner will get beer for a year 
from our friends at Miller Lite. So that's how nice. that works. But you can go ahead and enter it now. So send us your pictures, and you can do that through WMMR.com. Just click on events, or it might be right there on the on the front page where you see it. So get on that now. We'll uh, announce a deadline on that soon. But it's a week from today, so why wait? Go ahead and do it. week from tomorrow. I'm sorry, week from tomorrow. Correct, yes. So stop and think about it. For the longest time we've been doing this, and uh, obviously we'd like to have it the way we always do it, but in a way we're able to open it up to many more people to participate. Yeah, so, that's right. Look, yep. look at the glasses half full. Yep. All right, we're going to do Bizarre File Stories. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. Brought to you by Auto Parts Expert. Dot com. Hard to find brand name parts available same day. We'll start with this. A social media challenge may have inspired a 12-year-old boy to take a 7-year-old cousin on a 100-mile joyride on oh Monday. 100 miles. For more than five hours, the kids were able to elude police and make it all the way from New York to the New Jersey-Delaware border. Oh, my God. Uh, police, Jesus. where did they go? Did they, did they make it down to Cape May and almost get on the, it says New Jersey, Delaware border. Yeah, that's a Delaware Memorial Bridge, <laughs> yeah. so now it's a little <laughs> bit more west than that. That's the best bridge for a seven-year-old. So, the way this worked was, uh, police had to eventually give up chasing the Range Rover when they realized <laughs> oh that it God. might, ca- yeah, they didn't take a, <laughs> no, no, they didn't they take took the, the nice car. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so when they realized that it might cause an accident, they had to actually stop the pursuit on these kids. A multi-state search for two children had ended safely. They were first reported missing at 9 a.m. on Monday morning from their home on 115th Street in South Ozone Park. Investigators say surveillance showed a 12-year-old boy taking the keys for a white Range Rover, and then he and his 7-year-old cousin drove off. Police used Easy Pass and license plate readers to track the vehicle on the Verrazano Bridge around 11 a.m. Monday morning. Jeez. New Jersey State Troopers later spotted the SUV flashing sirens to get it stopped and said the boy sped off. Police eased off the pursuit for the safety of the children. At 2.15 in the afternoon, uh, tw- the 12-year-old used his dad's credit card to buy cookies at a rest stop. <laughs> The credit card was flagged, and the kids were apprehended. They were taken oh into custody. They're okay. now. That's turn- my little felon. <laughs> Turns out the whole incident may have been part of a social media challenge to take a car and drive it until it runs out of gas. Neighbors say they had always thought that they were good kids. Uh, the children's names are being withheld because they are minors, uh, and the two cousins were taken to an area hospital and then to the local police precinct for questioning before being reunited with their family. Imagine they had to stop pursuit of a 12-year-old kid because it might get dangerous. Well, that's not, there's no way that was the first time behind the wheel. You, you don't drive that distance. You don't make it across the Verrazano Yeah, 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 exactly, unless you've driven before. Just yeah. getting out of New York City. But maybe they have one of those uh, consoles at home, like the the drivers. <laughs> sure. You know, the, 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 the Fisher NAS- Price. The Na- no, the NASCAR drivers oh, have been right. using for video games. It's just like being in a real car. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, here's a follow up story to something I saw on social media last week, Casey. I showed it to you. Yes. And I said this guy needed to be arrested. A Georgia youth football coach. Uh. Uh, will be charged with child abuse for hitting one of his players in the head twice Monday, knocking him to the ground the second time. I thought maybe it was his own kid. Yeah. It was not. Wow. Uh, which would have been horrible even yeah, if it yeah, was yeah. his own kid. 
Uh, Jarrell Williams is identified as the coach in a video that has been viewed more than 4 million times on Twitter and caught the attention of LeBron James and Shannon Sharp, among many others. In the video, Williams can be seen striking the child in the head as he comes off the field. After milling around for a few seconds, Williams walks back over to the child and hits him again, this time hard enough to knock him on the ground. Williams' team from Savannah, Georgia, was in the South Orlando suburb of Kissimmee, Florida, for the American Youth Football National Championships. Williams was coaching a team of kids aged seven and under. Mm. This is a little kid. We're talking like a first grader, okay? As the video spread, Williams was expelled from the league and prohibited from attending future games. He also lost his job in Savannah. He responded to the outrage in a Facebook video, which has since been deleted. He had said, I was wrong. There's no excuse for my actions. Uh, he get, he forgives me, and his parents have forgiven me, so nobody else should be bashing me. Oh, get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plenty of our horrified viewers continued to bash Williams, including Pro Football Hall of Famer Sharp, who went to college at Savannah State, and he had some pretty harsh things to say about it. The child's mother did not wish to press charges against Williams, but cops are charging Williams with child abuse anyway. They call Williams' actions despicable and brought the case despite the parents' decision. So... Mm. This is just unbelievable. So this guy's going to face the music on this, which is a good thing. Two undercover police officers dressed as Santa Claus and his elf stopped two suspected car thieves and the suspect, the suspected shoplifters outside of Riverside, California. Uh, they had freeze. Con- <laughs> they had conducted a holiday enforcement program, which they're calling Santa's in- Santa's Intervention, targeting retail theft during the holidays. On the ground, scumbag! So, <laughs> on Thursday, detectives and loss prevention specialists conducted video surveillance inside the Target store as other detectives and officers remained outside to help detain any suspected thieves. Of those waiting outside were a detective and officer dressed as Santa Claus and his elf. And at one point, they received information about three three suspicious men attempting to steal vehicles in the parking lot. One of the undercover detectives saw the suspects trying to steal an older white Honda CRV. Two of the men tried to flee the scene after spotting the officers, but were quickly apprehended. This is why when I was a kid, Preston, I'd sit on Preston's lap. The first thing I would say is, are you a cop? Because <laughs> you can't, you know, you might say something. That's entrapment if yeah. they don't uh, reveal it. Yes. Uh, one suspect resisted arrest, but was taken into custody with the help of our undercover Santa, they wrote on uh, Facebook. And the second was detained by the undercover <laughs> elf. So they uh, stopped them. All right, and then uh, one last story. Let's end with this one. This is a uh, this is pretty. No, I'm, I'm going to go with this one. There's two stories here I could end with. I'm going to go with this one. Uh, the mystery of what was shaking homes in Mullica Township has apparently been solved. A resident and vineyard owner from nearby uh, Hammondston, uh, nearby Hamston, New Jersey, Rob Butkowski told the New York Post that the booms were coming from his homemade hail cannon. Okay. Did you see the thing? Which he has used to break up cloud formations and scare away birds that eat his grapes. Yes. Uh, so Bukowski said it sounds like a jet going by. <laughs> he said it's the loudest thing you've ever heard. Just blew through your chest. It's amazing, he says. <laughs> Bukowski told the outlet that the shockwaves created by his contraption, which he cobbled together using scrap metal from street signs and other objects and a mixture of acetylene and oxygen in a propane tank, traveled 30,000 feet in a 1.5-mile radius above his property. 
Now, the chief of police, Kevin Friel, confirmed that the uh, the post that Bukowski was the culprit of the booming sounds and that the device is legal and there are no plans to stop Whoa. him from using it. I mean, it's amazing. It looks like a futuristic weapon. Uh, it's, he said it doesn't fire projectiles and it's not a firearm or an explosive. It uses gas and that is it. Do you remember those uh, guns they used to sell when you were a kid that would shoot like a puff of air, like a we used to use them around the office. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could knock stuff over. Yeah, right, yeah. It looks a little bit like that, uh, only on a gigantic scale. Uh, however, Mulligan Township Police Chief uh, Brian Zeck said in the report that the boom may be coming from multiple sources and that police were looking into all other possibilities. Couldn't there be like a noise ordinance or something like it that? It depends on when you do it, right? Yeah, I don't know. All right, so anyhow, that is what I have. The hail cannon is how we wrap the bizarre file this morning. We're going to take a break. We have a couple guests joining us a little bit later on. We have uh, Sarah Kalen who's going to be joining us, True Crime Investigation, and she's got this online live event. We spoke to her uh, for a Not Your Average Listener thing. She was great. Yeah. And she has this event coming up that is going to be very cool. And our own photographer, Brian Miller, has some of his works that are going to end up in the Smithsonian Institution. So we have Shannon uh, Perix, who is the curator for the Smithsonian's Photographic Collections at the National American History Museum. We'll have her and Brian on later on, too. So we'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com Acme is continuing their commitment to getting through this new normal together, and that means everyone's health, well-being, safety, and satisfaction, yours and their employees, continues to be their number one goal. They're keeping your essentials in stock, and that includes your New Year, New You foods. Keep an eye out for Acme's large selection of USDA-certified O-Organics and Open Nature products featured exclusively in Acme Isles. Find great food you can naturally feel good about at Acme. Fresh foods, local flavors. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, you guys wanted to mention a, a holiday activity that you uh, prepared upon this weekend. Am I correct, Kathy? Yes. Or, and Steve? Yeah, so um, it was on my list. We had booked tickets um, a few weeks ago, and Steve actually booked tickets as well, but it was the Colebrookdale Railroad. Steve went on Saturday. I went on Sunday. But it was great. Didn't you think it was great? It was. It, I did listen, the Polar and Express. I, and I told um, the the guy that, that runs the whole railroad, I, I was right. talking to him, and we've done all of them. At this point, uh, my family and I have gone and done pretty much all of the uh, train rides, <clears throat> the, the Polar Express, the, yeah, the holiday. Yeah. Day train rides that you can do, uh, you know, and travel to within, you know, a decent distance from here, uh, from the Philadelphia area. And uh, his is definitely one of the best ones. It was the train is clean and very beautifully decorated. They had an outside cart where you uh, went outside to go see Santa. So it wasn't inside. It was out in the open air and it was awesomely decorated. The food was <laughs> Like, I mean, the best hot chocolate I've ever had in my life. So I was in the parlor car up front, which is Preston is is like something right out of the Murder on the Orient Express. Awesome, but done. I mean, they they've they've 
reclaim these things and they've went to, you know, specific, they have specific uh, uh, glass artists recreate the fixtures and so on and so forth. So that's like really straight out of an Agatha Christie story. And then each car has its own sort of um, um, atmosphere, but decorated yeah, with, yeah. With, with, with old style stoves and, and, and uh, Christmas trees. And uh, it's it's just uh, it's great. They keep adding cars. They lovingly restore it. Everyone, you know, volunteers. There's about 13 and a half miles of track. Right. It, it, so it took about about an hour and, hour and a half. half I yeah. think was yeah hour and a half hour and forty. It was a, a pretty decent. It's a it's a good long ride. ride. You're traveling through beautiful area. It's Boyer Town. And some uh, of that, like uh, you do, pass by some neighbor or some houses, and they come and out and wave. They were coming yeah. out Aww. waving, and yeah, it was cute. <laughs> and uh, you stop at one point so Santa can get on, but it's it's really well done. But it goes throughout the the year, and the guy the guy who owns it, um, we were talking to Nathan, who was the the, the uh, guest relations guy, and he was. A lot of people are giving us information. Everyone knows a lot about it. They take a lot of pride in in, in the uh, parlor car. They were playing a woman who was playing piano. She was great. So, you know, singing Christmas Santa songs. was great. Santa was great. So the whole presentation, if you're looking for something to make, you know, I think year-round they're doing stuff. So watching the leaves change, whatever, that would be great. They do stuff for Halloween all around. You can, you know, rent the, the train. But the guy always wanted to own a train. And and he loves that style of, of transportation. And, you know, the, a lot of these things would just be sold for junk. So they restore them. They look fantastic. And they're actually adding on more track as they go along. And uh, it's something, obviously, the Boyertown and, and the, you know, he travels to, to Phoenixville, right? Uh, uh, Collegeville. No, what was the... Um... What was the town it went to? Well, uh, it, I keep talking. Let me yeah, yeah, it yeah. But but long story short, um, the whole idea is a pro- is a uh, a labor of love, and yeah. it's something that you say, "Would I enjoy that?" You would. And we were we, my wife and I just loved every bit of it. Is it just like one kind of straight track? You go there, and then you come back. There's yeah. no loop involved. No, no, right, no. Right, right. Yeah, but it's. I but, still love that. We did that. Some, we something similar, not that uh, rail yeah. line, but. Uh, for my son's birthday years and years ago. It sort of and works it out great. well, Casey, yeah. because you, you get to see it from, from both sides, and you're passing by creeks. And, and well, there's... you know, we went at uh, 4 o'clock, so yeah. we went uh, in the daytime, and when we came back, it was nighttime, so we saw some of the lights that, you know, oh, the houses great. had set up, and yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that open-air cart was all lit up. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. When you're coming back, did you just go backwards? They just... Yeah, basically. And it, again, the greatest hot chocolate I've ever had in my what life. What makes it so good? Oh, my... There was like a specialty hot chocolate. There were like a it's few from a place in Boyertown. Of, it was, there yeah. were like a few different options, and I don't know, but it was it looked absolutely yeah. delicious. Yeah, it's uh, it so, looked delicious. You didn't have any I, of it. No, the kids had it. I didn't yeah. have any. I gotcha. Go back to Pottstown, Kath, is where it ends up. Okay. Oh, in Pottstown. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, and you know what? So uh, they also serve alcohol on their train. Like a lot of them, you know, there's different levels when you do these Polar Express train rides. Um, this was like the highest level. The, the, like I said, the menu, there were great treats on there. The hot chocolate was like very specialized and looked delicious. And then you can order drinks and it didn't matter. Some of the, the train rides, you have to be in like a, a first class ticket in order to you know, uh, order drinks, but this one, it didn't matter where you sat. Um, there was a waitress, you know, a server in, right. in every car. So they're pretty booked up, obviously, and they say they got a lot of response from Kath being on Kathy's list, but uh, you may want to check it out and see if there's there, there may be some seats available. If not this year, make it part of, you know, um, your tradition. I think you'll enjoy it. I'd like to expand on the hot chocolate thing for a minute, if you don't mind. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. It's a little file that I have here that is full of... Uh, 
recipes and the whatnot. The connoisseur. That is he was correct. hanging around the corner just <laughs> waiting for us to talk about hot chocolate. He just sashayed in here. <laughs> so people are now dream, dreaming up hot chocolate charcuterie boards. Oh. Uh, charcuterie could be one of the words of the year. It's it's become very popular this year. Yes. Uh, they include, of course, a hot chocolate mix in either single-serving packets or in a large mason jar. Uh, the other stuff on the boards is, you know, well, things that can go in there. Uh, so uh, marshmallows, chocolate chips, whipped cream, peppermint candy, and there are some things that are less obvious. Uh, Christmas cookies, a Christmas-inspired trail mix, chocolate-covered pretzels, oh, and whatever your heart yeah. desires. I could, get, I could be down with this. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it depends on you, you don't want to overwhelm. At the core, it's the hot chocolate itself. I got to find out the name of this place in Boreatown that sells this. Yeah, this stuff. But but um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm. Actually, uh, I, I could see myself checking into this. My wife and children, uh, just a few weeks ago, they did, ended up making those hot chocolate bombs. What would you think of them? Well, well, I didn't get to try them, but looking at them, they looked amazing. Now, listen, I'm not a hot chocolate snob, but to me, hot chocolate is basically, you know, it's just yeah. mix some water. And, it's mostly and this, yeah. I have I only, like this yeah. I've only one time in my life ever had a hot chocolate that wasn't like any other hot chocolates, and that was in, in Paris. Okay. And I was essentially drinking what seemed like maybe a watered-down chocolate syrup because it, it was... That's what it's like. So, it was so, so, so if you go thick. To, to, is it Harrods in, in, uh, in London? Yes, yeah. So, so they, they, it's like it's drinking like high-quality chocolate. Yeah. But the difference is a lot of times when you have like certain types of hot chocolate, as you're drinking it, you've got to drink water along with it because it's, it's like... It, there's a chalkiness to it, mm-hmm. not like with the um, with the the uh, the Boyertown yeah. hot chocolate. And we'll find out where it came from, or these places. It, it's very it, it goes down smooth. But what I liked about the look of what the hot chocolate bombs were was the fact that all right, so there was hot you, chocolate. You pull the pin. Yeah, no, there was hot chocolate mix inside the chocolate, right? So the chocolate essentially, I mean, it was actual chocolate. It melted, and then inside the melted chocolate were yeah, marshmallows. Yeah, it's a whole hot chocolate. Yeah, it's a, it's the a hollow bomb. chocolate ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But inside Ta-da! that is the actual hot chocolate mix, and right. then the marshmallows and all that. stuff. Right, and so you put it into a hot milk, I assume, right? Uh, you, you would have to, milk, right? You could do milk, milk or, water. or water, depending on if you have you instant like uh, chocolate mix in there, hot chocolate mix. Because I've I've made. Uh, hot chocolate mix before, and it's essentially, you know, there's like powder. There's a bunch of different ingredients, yep. and then you just add it to warm milk or hot milk. And, right. And uh, melt it and make it awesome. I've mentioned this before, but um, my son, my mom, my nephew, and I went and saw a show in um, in Philly a few years ago. So I don't know what the operation is currently during COVID, but we went to the, we, we were going to the, I think it was the Merriam. We stopped at the Ritz-Carlton and got hot chocolate while we were waiting. It was the most ridiculous hot chocolate I've ever had. I think it literally cost like $22 a, a cup, but whatever. It was, um, Casey, you talk about memorable hot chocolate? This was by far the most memorable hot chocolate I've ever <laughs> at had. At the Ritz. At so, the Ritz. So, it, while we were waiting for the show, because we, we were there early or whatever, yeah. it was insane. It was way overpriced. <laughs> but man, was for it good. Well, you know, hot with hot chocolate, and I'll say this. Your your memory of that hot chocolate is probably on a par of having it touch the first time for you, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's that. Yeah, that yeah. Was that, well, all right, not quite. <laughs> yeah, that, but it's in the realm. But pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever heard of the chocolate restaurant? Is it Max Max Brenner's? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, a couple times. Okay, yeah. Yep. How uh, is it? It's okay. <laughs> well, 
for kids, it's great. Yeah. You know, yes. it's just it's chocolate. I mean, it's a chocolate restaurant. You sit down and... I'll have a chocolate steak. <laughs> I mean, essentially, Chocolate salad. Yeah. 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 Chocolate everything, yeah. essentially, yeah. Yeah, there's one in Center City. Yeah. Yep. Still there? Yeah, uh, yeah well, it was. Not right it, now? Uh, okay. It might be All closed right. now, yeah. Um. Yeah, by the way, I even though I don't use the word, I do prefer cocoa. I think it sounds a hot little cocoa. Yeah. So, so if you watch Hallmark a lot, mm-hmm. it's the ratio of the times it's referred to as hot chocolate is about twenty percent. Yeah, eighty percent. Would you like some cocoa? Cocoa. Would you like some cocoa? Sounds a little more. Um. I don't know. Our yeah. cocoa here is much different than it is in the big city. I understand you're here on a business appointment. Heartwarming <laughs> cocoa. <laughs> or. Cow, 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 cow. All right, let's see what else I got here for you. You want to stay with the sweet stuff? Yeah, we do. It's. I think it's essential for the holidays to become grossly decadent. Oreo is coming out with a limited edition brookie. What is a brookie? It's Flavored a, cookie yeah. next month. Bro- brownie cookie? Yeah. I wasn't familiar with this. A brookie is a treat that is half brownie, half cookie. And they'll also place your bets for you, right? And that's a bookie. Oh. And uh, Oreo has turned it into a cookie that uses the classic Oreo cookies, but in the center, you'll find three creme flavors. Mm, I just creme right now. Brownie, original, and cookie dough. Uh, they'll be out in stores in January, by the way. It's not Oreo, but it's a boxed like brownie. But you can do it. It's it's the brookie. It's so it's part brownie, part cookie. Yeah. Well, do you know what turned out to be a bit of a revelation is the M M&M, and M, the brownie M and Ms. Have you had those? No, don't think they I have. They are not no. bad. They're yeah. actually they're M and Ms, but the filling is brownie. Okay. Hey, and the hot chocolate back to the railroad. <laughs> yeah. They put Ore- they crumbled Oreo cookies on top of it. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Steve <laughs> in the back of the train. It's unbelievable. Oh, you, yeah. You, sh- sh- come here. You're going to have to clear, clear the car out. I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a brookie. A brookie. Uh, now, here's another thing that has to do with uh, chocolate and, and peanut butter, too, and marshmallow. Ooh. Uh, Reese's has created peanut butter cups mallow top that includes marsh- marshmallow Flavored cream and milk chocolate with peanut butter in the center. What is this now? It's essentially marshmallow added to a peanut butter, uh, to a, a Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh. Uh, the treats haven't been spotted in stores yet, but Walmart has already been posting about them online. I don't know if I'm going to like this. Uh, proving that they are real. It looks like it's going to be an Easter treat. Yeah. I would think so, right? Yes. Okay, so they have actual Easter egg uh, illustrations on the wrapping. Yep. So it essentially. Instead of imagine the a Reese's peanut butter cup, so you have you have the bottom chocolate, you have the layer of peanut butter in the middle, and then instead of chocolate on top of that, it's marshmallow on top of that. Oh, okay, and it's only 180 calories per serving, and a serving is one 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 eightieth of a uh, actual uh, piece of candy. Uh, so they are going to roll this out. Obviously, yeah, for for Easter, I'm not so you know maybe in February they'll still get them out early. I'm not really sure. Um, and they might be available. Yeah, it says uh, spring of 2021 ahead of Easter. So keep an eye out for that. I'm they, not sure what they're going to call it. Reese's does do a pretty good job at uh, reinventing their same candy for every holiday. They do. They, they got Christmas. They got Halloween. They got Easter. They have uh, uh, Valentine's Day. They kind of have you covered throughout the year. Wait, yep. they have Valentine's Day? Yes, yeah, they have hearts. They, they have hearts now? They have mm-hmm. special hearts around Valentine's, yeah. So there's always something special and, for And reasons. they're actually good for your heart. They are, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Heart healthy. Heart healthy well, candy. Well, butter's uh, protein. Yeah, yeah. All the food groups are there. Uh-huh. All right, we're going to work our way away <laughs> from the sweet stuff. Uh-huh. And more into the savory stuff. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> 
Uh, how about this? I, I I'm gonna mention this. You may remember that uh, Planters killed off uh, their Mr. Peanut. Yes, and we almost killed off Mr. Peanut. <laughs> uh, I mean, we almost killed him. The cardboard classic. But in the, in the Super Bowl in, in uh, 2019, they had that ad where uh, Mr. Peanut was gone and everything. So um, the mascot was first brought back as a baby, then as a 21 year old Peanut Junior, and now the brand says the character is turning 50. Planter says that was 50, fast. The fifty-year-old is named Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald Smythe. What is he? A progeria? Mm, that Bart, age, the aging disease. Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald Smythe, or just Bart, and he's uh, slinging Planter's new holiday merchandise line, huh. which features ugly Christmas sweaters, ornaments, and other branded gifts. Now I saw an advertisement. Well, this is it. We're looking at it where he is walking along with a snowman. And, yeah. Okay. So this is the this is obviously the commercial. I didn't realize yeah. this was it. So this is the uh, hipper Mr. Peanut. Yep. And they're uh, they're rolling out uh, merch. Okay. okay. Uh, so that's kind of what this ad is about. Like uh, vagina scented candles, right? Uh, no, like ugly Christmas. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's uh, oh, that's, uh, that's a goop. goop. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's another snacky thing, but is more sweet or not sweet, more savory than sweet or salty, I should say. Frito Lay. I like this. Giving you the chance to make a custom snack box. Uh, the maker, the chip maker announced on Thursday that it's now selling customizable snack variety packs on its web store at snacks.com. Shoppers can choose whatever mix of the 20 bags of snacks they want. And the selection includes six flavors of Lay's, eight kinds of Cheetos, eight varieties of Doritos, four flavors of Ruffles, two types of Fritos, plus popcorn. Bunions and more. So, do they combine it into one bag, or are these just separate bags? No, no, no. In a separate box? bags. You know, like when you buy when you buy a variety pack. Yes. So, and and here's the deal. Whenever we buy, since we have kids, you know, Rochelle will go and buy. It comes in in like a bag type of thing, right, right. It's like a yeah. plastic bag, yeah, we'll and you get like forty different. You know, not different, but but forty bags. And there's always mm-hmm. one or two that are like the bottom of the barrel. We're not going to eat those, right? Snacks and it's kind of a waste, but but it's cheaper to buy the the bulk amount, right, right, and have these little <laughs> convenient size bags. What usually ends up, uh, I d- like, I mean, well, onions I don't care for. And listen, there's different varieties. There's there's not only Lay's. There's other uh, companies that make these things as well. Frito Lay does it too. Uh, Pud. Um. So I, you know what? Or wait, Frito Lay does Lay. Lay's, uh, yeah. Lay's. I'm sorry about that. But anyway, there are other companies. Um. So yeah, like Funyuns, I wouldn't go near. Ours are always, Funyuns, Funyuns always... was always sort of the, the. To me, Funyuns were always mentioned when people were talking about if they got drunk. Funyuns were a good go-to <laughs> because they're so salty, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The Cheetos are always left over in our house. What? Like every yeah. bag of I'll Cheetos. Bring those over because we should swap. All right. Really? No. Well, here's the thing. My... Trade them in for hers cheese balls. There uh, you go. My uh, my girlfriend is addicted to the flaming hot Cheetos and uh, is curious as to whether or not that you can just buy the dust that is associated with the flaming <laughs> hot Cheetos. I like them. Uh, I, you, you, mean, know, you mean to do lines? Uh, no, just to like <laughs> put on anything, like kind of like a hot sauce. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, like a you crumble. put it on top of like mac and cheese. Exactly. Like yeah. That, yeah. And and I think that they're fine. Uh, but it, Kathy, I think the swap idea is a good one because yeah. they don't stay in our house very long. So Chuck D'Amico always makes sure that uh, the Cheetos are eaten in my household. Okay, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's responsible he's for that. A, he, he's a Cheetos guy. He actually yeah. breaks in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Chuck, I don't mind Chuck Cheetos is standing in your kitchen. My son will actually eat the Funyuns, um, but I, you know, 
Uh, I don't like Cool Ranch Doritos, so oh, I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a regular. Wow. Yeah, my Dorito flavors of choice are the regular nacho, but more so spicy nacho. I like the spicier okay. one. Do you yes. like Sun Chips? Uh, yeah, do. they're okay. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I think I, I tend to be more uh, pedestrian in my I'm you know straight up regular chips, popcorn, pretzels. You know, yeah. not, not, I don't get too flamboyant. I'm not your RuPaul kind of snack eater. So when it comes to pretzels, I go for the extra dark ones. Those the uh, I believe Snyder's makes uh, the they're basically burnt, and I love that flavor. Are they marketed as such as yeah, extra dark? Marketed as extra dark. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've had those, or if I did, I wasn't aware. Yeah, of that extra dark uh, pretzels with supremely spicy hummus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Supremely spicy hummus. Yeah, and this that is part little, of the extra yeah. dark. You had a little, you had a little grin on your face when you said because <laughs> that was I, um, <laughs> I could hear Supremely it. Supremely spicy hummus. Supremely spicy <laughs> hummus. Preston, wake up! It's time for supremely spicy hummus. <laughs> you almost had the Casey facey when you said that. Well, I was um, trying to think of the brand name of hummus, and so that's what kind of that's where the smile really came from. <laughs> Extra dark, I've seen these. So are these I think more it's like Sabra? Yeah, are these good. more like beer, like real old style beer pretzels? Um, no, I'm. Well, I don't know. Yeah, they look kind of thicker and yes. than than the uh, the standard. <laughs> but they're not those zanier. Yeah, they're not the sourdough kinds, but. Um, they okay. are. They are. Oh, and I said Snyder, but they're Uts. I uh, I lied. I'm a liar. Okay, you are Filthy a liar. liar. Yeah, and, and negate everything that he said. <laughs> uh, all right. So no, I, I think that's interesting because then you can maybe get rid of the options that you normally wouldn't dive into. The stinkers. Uh, yeah. yeah. By the way, pretzel chips have, have snuck their way back into my household again. They're good. I love those things. Okay. So here's my okay, <laughs> and, and we love them. Yeah. We love them. We buy them by the by the bushel because right. the families. Here's the problem. When you get about 80% done with them. I know where you're going with this. They turn into just crumbles. Yes, yes they do. So I've I been thinking about a recipe for those. Oh, I got one. Oh, we'll do tell. It's not really a recipe. Oh. You pour the Use bag spoon. In, into <laughs> milk. No, 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 no. <laughs> Into your mouth? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Here's my recipe. Here's a recipe. Yeah. Here's your recipe. <laughs> Grab pour it into spoon. your mouth. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, uh, get a new bag, right? Um, oh, I read your tweet about the cereal this weekend. Oh, it's not that. Okay. Uh, right. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's a different story right, for a different right, time. Yeah. No, uh, the, get the new bag of pretzel chips. Um, that That's your base layer for nachos. Then you take the disintegrated bag, pour that on top of the nacho ingredients, put that in the microwave for two and a half minutes. You're, you're golden. That's not bad. Golden. That's not bad. What are you? I, I was, golden. <laughs> you're, you're I know golden. every now and then one of us stumbles on a word, and it's yeah. hilarious. I was thinking about maybe grinding them up a little bit more and then using them as, like, you know how you use breadcrumbs for, you know, like a... Uh, uh, coating uh, chicken breast or something like that. Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, I wonder you could if definitely that, do that might be a way to do that. Now, they have uh, a whole section of their website for recipes, but I'm not exactly sure. If it's for the crumbs? Right. You're crumbling. <laughs> Rizzo would have come what, up I'll with do, something. I'll take Doritos, I'll crunch them up and make a new recipe out of them. I'll take all of these behind the house <laughs> That's what and I'll you entertain you and make appetizers. He could have done a whole yeah. restaurant yeah. chain of crumbums. Welcome to crumbums. And it's nothing but stuff left over You'll at the bottom of You'll bring your crumbs bags. and I'll make your lunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could even have it a dessert yeah. side for like, you know, crumbs left over yeah. from... Oreos. Yeah, or yeah, Oreos yeah, or, or cake or things like that. Nothing but crumbs. What's Welcome the to um, crumb bums? Welcome to crumb bums. <laughs> there's a um, there's a crumb bum encrusted uh, grilled peanut butter and jelly. Is there not? What do you crumb bum encrust that with? Crumb bum. What's that? I'm sorry. You make a grilled. 
peanut butter and jelly, and you encase that in crumpled up what, Marissa? What? Grilled you know- peanut butter and jelly. Yes. And you use some kind of crumb thing? Yes. Uh, I don't. Hold on, Marissa mm. might know. Hold on a second here, Marissa. He's, I think what you're thinking of, we had a chef come in a few years ago, and I think he put it. He used like cereal, like Captain Crunch or something. Mm. It says cornflakes. Does oh, that make sense? Flakes. Yeah, that's, that's, probably a, that's, that's cereal. Creme crumb creme brulee. Uh, cornflakes crusted grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, crumbs are good. So. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a voice of reason. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Finally, a slogan yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. that we have for crumbum. Suddenly, yeah. crumbs are good. All the villagers are there with torches lit, and then Casey steps forward. Crumbs are good. <laughs> You're a real crumbum. <laughs> Welcome, table for two. <laughs> the crumbums. <laughs> the crumbums. There is a. No, that's the whole damn there thing. There is a bag Stand I have of uh, crumbs from a snack I was just eating. I wanted to ask you if you had a way to employ these remaining crumbs into some sort of recipe. I'm busy. You I'm can busy. answer. I don't have time for recipes. I'm busy. I don't have time to make your lunch for you if your recipes. But what I would recommend is you take uh, crumbs from onions, you use them in the base of, like, Doritos, and then you make some sort of uh, taco sauce. Forget it. Scram. Get out of here. Scram. I'm not, I don't have time for recipes. Yeah, sir, I understand now that look, these... get away from me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not... not feeding you lunch. I don't have time to make recipes based on the crumbs remaining in your various snack foods. A private citizen. Yes, you sir. get away from me. I, 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 do you come at me out of the blue with asking for recipes? I don't have time. <laughs> To be on the streets, sir. I don't want to talk to you. Get away from me. I don't know. I'm not. Think, I'm thinking about desserts. I don't have time for savory. I don't have time for salt-based men, menu items. Now I'm not even in that frame of mind. Get away. Get away from you. Get away. I'm thinking about how to get marshmallows on top of Reese's Pieces, and you're coming at me. What do I do with my crumbs? I'll take the lot of you outside and kick you in the ass. Sir, one more question. (laughs) He won't let it go. I I swear to God, I'll murder the lot of you. Telling you, get away from me. You are the symbol of law and order. You with your demand for recipes based on the crumbs of food you've eaten is the most repulsive thing I've ever encountered. For many years, people looked up to you and respected you. Look, creep, get out of here. You're a crumb creep creme. (laughs) Look, creep. Creep. Can we start calling people creeps again? Creep. Creep Creep is a good word if it's used properly. Yeah, Yeah, creep. Better than crumb. Yeah. Way better than crumb. Crumb creep. It went to a. You take the crumbs from a creep and you put it in some mayonnaise. You're a lush, yeah. You put it in an oven at 450. Hey, uh, Your Honor, what uh, what about a crumb? (laughs) What about a crumb crepe? Crumb crepe? Ooh. That's got a name. That's got a ring to that it. That could work. Crumb got crepe. A, a, alliterative. You got a crepe like the uh, like the frogs make. Is that okay to say? <laughs> like the frogs make. Is that uh, you know? I, I might have some problems with uh, the way I refer to people. Mm-hmm. Creep, get out of here. How could you... <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. You frog freak, creme creep, <laughs> creme creep. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. <laughs> What? I don't know. <laughs> you let me down a verbal path that I ended up on an old song in the American Songbook. I went to Ridley Creek State Park. Can't tell Creek. Sing this song. Do da do da. Thank you. I crossed Nick over. Nick crossed over the creek. Crumb Creek. To the Creme Creek. Crumb Creek made Crumb. me think of crumbs. Crizzo. Crizzo. Crizzos. 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 Crizzos crumbums. Crumb Creek. What about Rizzo's Quizzos? How about. 
How about Rizzo uh, from as uh, from, from Greece? Greece? Yeah. yeah, I like it. Uh, I got uh, a bun in the oven, <laughs> Kanicki. I got to talk to you. There are worse things I can do. Remember the Tell me more. Tell me more. Answer our question. Creep. Like, does he have a car? <laughs> okay. I like Rizzo Quizzo. Well, you could do that. You could do that yeah. one night. It's not food related. Who well, yes. the Louisiana Purchase? <laughs> Rizzo does it. Yeah. Ask the Quizzo Who? questions for the night. Who fought in the Boxer Rebellion? Table seven. Wow. <laughs> I'm actually writing that down. Rizzo Quizzo. <laughs> we could do that on the air. <laughs> crumb. Crumb, crumb. <laughs> An entire category of crumbs? <laughs> crumb cake. Oh, man. Who oh, played Harry Crumb? Yeah. There's one? Oh, uh, John, John, John Candy. Yeah. John Candy. Yeah, yeah table six. <laughs> <laughs> Any other crumb questions? Uh, creeps in history, right? Creeps in history. Crumb creeps. Yeah. Um, bums. Bums. Crumbs and bums. <laughs> and the lot That is. sounds like a Jeopardy category. Yeah, crumbs, crumbs and, and bums. Crumbs and bums, and yeah. yeah. Potent crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> Crumb rum raisin. I don't know what that means, but Let's I like it. Have uh, Rizzo take over for Alex oh. Trebek. Yeah, crumb brulee. Somebody. Uh, I understand you do macrame. Mm. Crumb creek creme crumb. I'm reading the uh, text messages. Uh, or crumb brum brulee. Yeah, a lot of people like crumb brulee. Yeah, crumb brulee actually could be good. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Hang on. Okay. Since you mentioned Greece. Yeah. <laughs> Where is it? All right, here we go. Right, I got I to find this. They're coming in too quickly. Creepifying. As you can imagine. Oh, I ah! hit the wrong button. Creepifying. Crumifying. Rizzifying. It's a crumb bum, baby. Okay. Okay. You sounded like Bill Weston when you said that. What? Okay. 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 Uh, Time to wrap up the meeting. Okay. What is this, Marissa? Crumb. Here's an update. The Ritz-Carlton is serving hot oh. chocolate. <laughs> did I get you at the Ritz-Carlton? Yes, you did. Yes, that was the one I mentioned. You, you got, got a bone in your crumb. Hot chocolate at uh, Acamero's Outdoor Dining Area. Okay. Uh, Tuesday through Friday, 4 to 10 p.m. and Saturday, 1 to 10 p.m. And uh, Acamero is the restaurant inside the hotel, but I guess they're going to be doing it outside. Hot chocolate has that unique property of making you just feel better, especially if there's... A little bit of chill in the air, you know, and I like it. That's it, it is a wonderful thing. It, it's like a little dessert, Nick. It is. Yeah, mm. this one was a big dessert. Mm. All right. Anyhow, I think that's uh, I think that's going to wrap it for the connoisseur today. I don't even know which story we were talking about <laughs> that last part. No idea. I have no Frank idea Rizzo recipe book. Where we ended? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're, well, we were talking about uh, the um, crumb creme brulee. No, it real was crumb bum. It was the crumbs of the uh, pretzel chip. Pretzel crisps. Yes. And what to do with them. So, anyhow. Uh, I have more connoisseur stories, but unfortunately, I don't have the time. We have have people to get to. We do. So, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. A couple of guests are going to be joining us here shortly. Make sure you stay put, because we will be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. Corey Taylor. Larkin Poe. Chris Stapleton. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR.
So we have two guests that we're going to welcome at the same time on the show. And obviously they can't be here in the studio because we're not having guests in the studio right yeah. now. Yeah, hell with that. Uh, but we're excited. One we know, one we're meeting for the first time. And uh, I'm going to introduce, I don't know who to introduce first. I guess our friend. Uh, he's been the official photographer of uh, WMMR and the President Steve Show for several years. Of course, photography is his company. And we welcome uh, our friend, Mr. Brian Miller. To the yeah. Show. Good morning, Brian. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Wonderful. And the reason that we have Brian on is the reason that we have our next guest on. And she is the curator for the Smithsonian's Photographic Collections at the National American History Museum. That's a mouthful of a title. It sure is. Uh, But she is on to talk about this really cool feature that is going on, and it involves Brian's work at the Smithsonian. That's awesome. It's really cool. So we want to welcome Shannon Parrish to the show. Yes. Hello, Shannon. How are you today? <laughs> Super. What Excellent. A way to start a Monday. Yeah, I hear you. So, listen. Tell us number one about this um, collection, and then how our friend Brian got on board. And then we're going to ask Brian about the photos. Yeah, sure. So it's actually two separate projects. I happen to be the common denominator, so that works out well for Brian. Uh, the first part is that um, uh, over the summer, I collected um, about 500 digital photographs from 11 photographers and one school group related to COVID-19 and what that experience felt like at the very beginning. And then we did this website called Stories of 2020, and we know that we want to feature a collection of stories about nurses. And I use Brian's photograph to uh, jumpstart that uh, and, and highlight that collection. Wow. And, and then, nurses. Brian, how did your work get to Shannon? Had you heard about this and sent the, the, the photos to her, or, or how did that work out? Yeah, so um, somebody that, you know, my, my friend Mike uh, had sent me a link saying, hey, you know, the Smithsonian's looking for early COVID work, and, you know, they kind of put out an open call, and I, I kind of looked at it the same way that I did, you know, playing the lottery. I'm like, all right, well, you know, if you don't send anything in, you have no chance of it happening, and uh, I sent stuff in, and then... Uh, three months later, I heard back that I, that uh, the work that I had done was chosen. So right, well, it's it's who was weird. the subject of the uh, of the photos? Is it one person or a group of people? It was it was initially it was of my friend Lauren, who is <clears throat> pardon me, an ER nurse in uh, in Pottstown, and she had wanted to document this time in her life. Not so much for her, but for her daughter. Uh, there's a, a strong history in her family of, of them documenting different times. You know, uh, grandparents during World War One. There was shots of you know family from World War Two and so on and so forth. So she wanted to add to that. I sent that in, but then they started kind of expanding on that a little bit. So I had done just some photojournalism and in, in the early part of the pandemic. So I got shots of uh, Root Down Brewing, which I know you've been to um, on uh, St. Patrick's evening when it was just empty because they were only doing takeout. Um, Signs around Phoenixville where our studio has been, um, you know, about shutdowns. The Colonial Theater uh, was one of the first ones that started doing kind of like those kitschy little messages on their marquee. And it just kind of went from there. Okay. And then when you, Shannon, when you were going through all the, the photographs and the photographers and so on, what what about Brian's um, work spoke to you and and made you realize this should be in the Smithsonian? 
Yeah, so there's, I'm always, uh, you know, you know how much photography there is out in the world, and there's a lot of it, and there's a lot of good photography. So I always have to have three criteria uh, to bring work into the National Museum of American History. has to be a photo story, has to be an individual story, and has to be a national story. Some way in, not always an even, you know, sort of balance there. And, and this work did that because, of course, Brian is a professional photographer. His photographs are beautiful. They're very interesting, well-crafted. But the story itself about um, this nurse who wanted to be photographed, it resonated with me. I worked on uh, a project about the 150th um, anniversary of the Civil War, and I was interested in home front photography. And many, many photographs were made um, of soldiers going off to war because they didn't know if they'd come back. And that story resonated with me. Like, what is the utility of photography and why do we make images? And it's not just about the nurse, but it's this whole trajectory and the rationale for the value of, of making this picture at this particular right, time. Right, right. And, and yeah. also solidifying and capturing a moment in time. Uh, it's funny because if you stop and think about the beginning of this, it seems like it was 100 years ago already. It just it's, it's one of those things. So uh, there will be a time. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people, you know, I think once we clear a lot bit, a lot more of this, um, you know, the uh, more and more people say, you know, to, to reflect, to look back upon it. Uh, but right now there is something to be said for, in a way, to be slightly encouraged by where we started and where we are now. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at, like, I, I don't know. There's there's still a lot that's the same. We're still in a holding pattern. Cities are still empty. But there's a kind of, that early work, you see a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And it, it looks so much less coordinated and, and confused. So there is something about collecting that early work that represents the emotion and um, anxiety and worry and sort of, ha- you know, sort of slapdash signs on doorways and things like that all right so shannon how can where, where will people be seeing um uh, the photographs from not only brian but the other photographers that were chosen for this particular project so we are working on uh well you can see lauren if you go to americanhistory.si.edu backslash stories uh stories dash of dash 2020 and in the middle of that page, you're going to see a, a purple button, and that purple button says share your 2020 story. So we welcome all stories from all listeners from all walks of life. Um, we're really interested in capturing what your life is like and what big moment you had during 2020. It can be a happy story, a sad story. I've sat at my kitchen table weeping at some of these stories I've read because um, I'm also the project or the content manager, so I see everything that goes up. Um, so we encourage everybody to leave your story there. But if you scroll down underneath that button, you'll see Lauren um, featured there. And we love that photograph because it's dark around the edges. And so it's like she's emerging out of the light. Um, so it's, it's a poetic image. The rest of the images will be working to get out to various media outlets. And um, uh, this is probably the first time I'm talking about it on air. Uh, so that's very cool to be nice. talking about it. We're still working on getting um, all of them visible, but you'll be able to see them at uh, the Smithsonian portal, collections.si.edu. We'll have them out in the media. And I have a special collection that I work on at the Learning Lab. Um, so it's the Photographic History Collection. So if you go to Learning Lab and you do hashtag N-M-A-H-P-H-C, which is a ridiculous uh, hashtag, but it's National Museum of American History Photographic History Collection because, as you said, it's a mouthful. It is. Um, yeah. yeah, 
then Brian's work will be specifically featured there when we get it uh, fully processed. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I was wondering also just on another uh, note, Shannon, is the Smithsonian, are they going to proceed with charges against Captain America for stealing his uniform? Uh, <laughs> or what's he needed Have you guys good. arranged? He did America's need it. Hero. But, yeah. You know. Um, uh, I wanted to ask uh, Brian because uh, I, you know, having actually, he's he's helped me and my daughter and my wife in photography a little bit in in getting better at that yes. skill. And awesome. Brian's whole uh, idea what's what's rule number one, Brian, when it comes to photography that you tell everybody? Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Ah, okay, I don't remember that. I remember oh, okay. you. I remember you telling me take your top off. What, what's the one thing you're looking? <laughs> What you're looking for to show in a picture? Oh, the story. The story. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Every and it's funny because I'm I'm sitting here listening and I'm thinking to myself, well, I if it hadn't happened right before the shutdown, I was going to suggest or I was going to submit uh, Nick sunning his beehole last year at a camp out. <laughs> sure, yeah. Because I kind of feel like that needs to be in the Smithsonian. Well, there's there's that new wing of the Smithsonian, the <laughs> brown wing. Yeah. yeah, the brown eye. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean. Telling the story, and and we have all had this discussion. As a matter of fact, maybe Preston and Steve show can can put a submission in for the stories of 2020 about campout. Yeah, I was really nervous about doing campout this year because how do you tell a story when there's not necessarily a story to tell? I mean, that's normally the everything that you're doing is all right. How do you get out to the people that aren't there? What's happening? Well, when and it, you're right. When it comes to telling a story where one doesn't exist, you need go no further than the Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I mean they've it's, mastered that art. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. any reality show really has mastered that. It's <laughs> it's just one of those things where like you you just look for it. And and the the funny thing is is Press's daughter is has a really great eye for it. Like at at thirteen years old has a has a storyteller's eye, and that's not something you can learn just by picking up a camera. Either you have it or you mm-hmm. don't. And yeah. and I'm not saying this you know because I know. She absolutely 100% has an eye, and that's that's half the battle right there. Awesome, man. Thanks. Well, listen, congratulations to you, Brian. This is a, that's a huge honor. And, uh, Shannon, how many, uh, how many photographers, how many photos? Is it just growing? It's going to continue to keep going? It is. It's going to keep growing. I mean, you know, think about it. The National Museum of American History is still collecting colonial-era yeah. objects. So we'll be collecting COVID-19 for a long time. And this yeah. is just our first foray, but we're so glad to have Brian and Abby Jones, who's also a local uh, Philly photographer who contributed to the collection as well. So very cool. Thank very you cool. so much for letting us talk about it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Shannon, and uh, congratulations, Brian. Uh, you deserve it, man. All right. That, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Yay! That's really cool, man. Uh, that's a that's a huge honor to end up in the Smithsonian. That's uh, the Smithsonian's where they have Fonzie's jacket. They do. They do. Stop to think about. They that. got the ruby slippers. They got the ruby slippers. All kinds of good stuff. The uh, set from All in the Family. Um, all right, so we have another guest. We're going to back this up with someone else immediately. She's been on our program before, and she has an event that is coming up, and I think you might find it enjoyable. She was uh, one of our uh, Not Sure Average listeners. This is going to be on Wednesday. It is called uh, a virtual, it's called uh, Us, wait, what am I missing? Them? Death Becomes Us. Holidays edition, a virtual holiday themed true crime variety show. You know the old idea is keep the title simple. It's another mouthful, <laughs> but we're happy to have her on. It's uh, Sarah Kalen yeah. who is on this. Hello, Sarah. Hi. How Hi. are you guys doing? We're doing wonderful. Now, Sarah had stopped by and told us all kinds of stories about true crime in the Philadelphia area. 
and we had a blast just talking about a handful of cases. Yeah. So her, and her knowledge is vast. is very vast when it comes to this. So we know you're, you know, obviously a um, a great source, but what in the world is a virtual holiday-themed true crime variety show? Well, I mean, you know, think Donnie and Marie, but with a flair for true crime and some, some murder and some cocktails. So more like, um, uh, more like Donnie and Marie and Gary Heidnick. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, except, you know, we're going we're going holiday theme. So this is it's being presented by Devil's Den, which is um, I'm sure a lot of the Philadelphia area listeners are familiar with. It's a, sort of a fixture in South Philly, just a fantastic pub. Uh, and it's a spot that I've done a number of true crime events at in the past. And um, I've also done some work with the Death Becomes Us Festival, which is the only true crime festival in the world. And um, in a typical year, um, Jen, Jen Tisdale, who created and, and curates the Death Becomes Us Festival, would have uh, weekend-long events in New York City, in Washington, D.C., in Los Angeles. And then, of course, you know, COVID put the brakes on just about everything. So uh, a few weeks ago, Jen and I were um, chatting about some of, of the the problems that a lot of the restaurants are facing, yeah. uh, especially going back into this, you know, what promises to be a, a, a pretty terrible winter. And that becomes, a, or I'm sorry, Devil's Den was no exception to that, but they're going to be hibernating for the winter. It broke my heart. Um, you know, I know the, the owner, Aaron, really well. And so we started talking about, you know, what if we put on a little – Christmas true crime streaming event to to kind of help raise some money to support the Devil's Den. And then it kind of burgeoned into this thing where we had a number of true crime figures really eager to be involved to help raise some money. Um, we also found a fantastic nonprofit partner in the Eastern Pennsylvania Trans Equity Project. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can understand that the holidays are a particularly difficult time for for uh, trans teens and young adults who who need some extra support, mm-hmm. and so it just kind of blew up into this thing. And we're going to have music, and we're going to have cocktail demos. Um, Meredith Ooh. Matolik from William Grant and Sons, who you know the makers of Tullamore Dew and Hendrix, Meredith is going to be on hand to whip up some sort of true crime themed cocktails for us. And while she's doing that, we're going to have um, posted the the ability for people to donate to the um, Philly virtual tip jar. So that's to support uh, bar staff and wait staff in, in the region as well through this, this difficult time. So we're just looking to have some fun. Yeah. Um, I'll be doing my, you know, my particular brand of, of some holiday themed true crime stories, but we're, you know, like I said, we're going to have comedy. We're going to have Amanda Knox is going to be um, joining us live to, to do some holiday stuff. We've got Henry Zabrowski from last podcast on the left to anybody who follows true crime is, is, is probably familiar with them. Uh, Tommy McNamara is going to do some, some holiday comedy songs. We've got a local jazz musician, Frank Makos, who was just fantastic. Um, he's going to be uh, the, the sax stylings of, you know, like sexy grandma got run over by a reindeer and his own version of the uh, unsolved mysteries theme song so you know it's just going to be a lot of fun we're going to try yeah. and raise a few bucks all right so for, for, for people causes. yeah for people who are into the, the 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 true crime realm this is a way to go beyond just talking about you know stories and 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 have a little bit of fun with it i'm, I'm interested in how you're going to weave in these true crime stories are there going to be are they mainly holiday related true crime that you're going to uh, dive into 
I'll be doing, you know, I, I, I've done, I did a Christmas uh, and holiday show last year, actually, at the Devil's Den. So there is, you'd be surprised, there's no shortage of true crime stories of, you know, really awful guys dressed up in Santa Claus suits before they commit heinous crimes. Um, we've got a little bit of Hatfields and McCoys going on around the holidays. Um, I, I have managed to find a Christmas-themed case that involves, I kid you not, a high-speed steamboat chase on the Ohio River at the turn of the century. So, yes, right. yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it, we're going we're gonna to have some fun. Nice. All right, so this is coming up on uh, Wednesday. There are tickets available via the uh, Death Becomes Us uh, Instagram, which is at Death Becomes Us Best. So Wednesday yeah. at 8 p.m. Sarah, I have to bring this up. You're the pers- perfect person to bring this up to, and I'm certain okay. that you saw it over the weekend, uh, that the fact that code breakers have solved, they've deciphered uh, the Zodiac Killer uh, cipher. They've they've figured that out. Did you see that? I did see that. I did see that. Um, it's really exciting. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know that it's going to be from there. Just a short, you know, a short skip to finding the identity. Yeah, they'll have to wait like, and find out if he had blatantly been revealing himself in that and felt so confident in his code or not. If not, then the mystery continues. Right, which leads a whole bunch of... But, but, but they are saying that they have some inroads. The first deciphering that they've done, the message is drink more Ovaltine. What? Which <laughs> a crummy commercial. is a crummy commercial. No, I mean, this has been one of the... Uh, I mean, the, the, the sort of holy grail of this stuff. Do you have a good feeling about this about a potential lead to the uh to the to the killer himself well i what i think is that accessing the language like the way that the letter is written and and the the language of it is going to be really key to investigators who have access to other writings of of you know potential suspects because there have there have been a few really viable suspects over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that some of the investigators who I'm sure are still working on this in the Bay Area, as well, obviously, as, as some of these amateurs who, you know, in this case, this was broken by amateurs. Um, I, I think that there's a really good chance that some of the language tells in there are going to tip his hat maybe more than he necessarily intended. Um, and so I do think that there's some real potential to have, have some progress out of this. And it's exciting. We all thought this was one of the ones that would really just never be answered. Yeah, it's 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 one of the perennials. There was actually, I think it was, was it 2020? or uh, On Friday they did the, the, the Gilgo Beach, this is on Long Island, mm-hmm. serial mm-hmm. Kill, who killed, I guess, at least there's at least – Potentially eight to ten people whose body they were killed and their bodies were left along this stretch of beach. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of them were were sex workers, uh, and and they were talking to uh, I guess one of the people who has spent a lot of time on the case. And they said in the case of a serial killer, which makes it so confounding for people trying to find the identity, is that these are a lot of times these are just random meets. They're they're not they're, there's no you know there's no connecting tissue between the the killings. So which makes them particularly more elusive to the authorities. Well, and that's not an accident yeah. that, you know, and it's also not an accident. I mean, sometimes there is a psychological element of of a particular type of misogyny that would lead a serial predator to choose sex workers. But the other side of that same coin is that they are so often regarded as disposable by society. Right. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's something actually I do a lot of work on, uh, you know, when I'm not just sort of telling humorous steamboat stories. Um hmm. 
because the importance of understanding that you know that these that these are humans and they are not disposable is going to help us start catching these guys a lot sooner. Right. And so they they target these you know these women and these types of victims um, specifically because they know it will be uh, longer before anybody takes an interest or there will be. Um, you know, there will be less inclination to 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 work the case as hard. Hey, as with with all of this stuff, and you you've obviously championed a, a lot of this. With you talk about the civilian, the civilians cracking, you know, the 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 the, the code, or at least you know uh, uh, some of this stuff in uh, in in some cases. And it was the um, uh, Patton Oswald's wife. Um, you know, uh, I'm having a brain fart, but the uh, the golden Michelle McNamara, right, yeah, right, right, <laughs> right, right. And so, so these are people who sort of have taken it upon themselves. Now that you have so many people, let's face it, this is a thing that is incredibly interesting and popular for to a lot of people. And so, you have a lot of armchair sleuths. Are they muddying the water or are they helping? Yes. Okay, yeah. For an answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I can say as somebody who who you know generally moves in the actual in the professional realm as a you know retired sex crimes detective and now a, a homicide investigator and consultant, um, there there are certainly an element of frustration, and there are times when somebody with um, perhaps not the best of intentions, when it's really more about them finding some glory, yeah. um, where where that can be really problematic, um, both in the broader messaging that needs to happen, but but also in specific cases themselves. But that being said, when you have responsible people, um, you know, I mean, Michelle's book did a great job of, of highlighting, um, drawing some more attention to those cases. The, you know, the, the, the bulk of the work was, you know, done by the Contra uh, Costa County Sheriff's Office and, and the DA's office and, and a lot of investigators over the years. So the blending of those two things together was really powerful. Um, you know, so there, there is a lot of good that can come out of it. But yes, if, if people don't know what they're doing, maybe sometimes stepping back and, and in enjoying the, the the fruits of professional labor is 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 the best um, right. is, is the best option. But you know, even in that case, the woman who um, was responsible for the the genealogical uh, profiling that that broke that case was not a law enforcement official. Barbara Ray Ventner was a um, you know was a genealogist, or I believe a retired. Uh, scientists, I think. And the, you know, she was approached by one of the detectives in that case to see if there was a way that maybe she could put her skills to work. And she did. And that's how that case was broken. And that has, you know, just opened the floodgates to what we're seeing now where people are using this, you know, these genealogical profiles to help narrow down suspect pools. And so, yeah, that's an instance of somebody who was a civilian who radically changed the face of, of crime solving. So, so in the history of of these things and crime and murder and all of these foul crimes, what would you list or what would you put at the top of the list of the of the sort of the um, you know the, the the absolute pinnacle of these stories in these cases? Would it be Jack the Ripper? You know, it's funny. Like I've been studying, uh, you know, my area of expertise specifically within homicide is serial predation, right? So it's serial killers and serial. Um, 
sexual offenders. And so to me, yes, the I, I, I'm a hammer, everything's a nail. I tend to find um, particularly cold uh, serial cases the most fascinating and, and the most compelling. But I think if you're somebody who has spent, you know, a whole career working in gang crime or a whole career working, you know what I mean? Everybody yeah, kind of yeah. has a different has a different flavor. But, yeah, to me, um, you know, of course, Jack the Ripper is a fascinating case. And uh, in fact, one of the cases I was I was looking at discussing for the show, I haven't decided yet, uh, is a guy who who was acting a few years before Jack the Ripper in London and may may actually be linked <laughs> linked to to Jack the Ripper right may it, this is this is also an unsolved case and it's and it's one that may be may have actually been an early case committed by the same guy who okay. would go on to wouldn't it be awesome case. if his name was Jack the Tripper yeah Three's company. <laughs> be great. Yeah. God, I'll tell you. That's, you just leave poor, uh, poor John Ritter out of this. Uh, uh, no, it, it is fascinating. And again, you know, it, it, we just live in a time where this stuff fuels so much of, of prime time and so much, of, you know, a cable programming. And, and yet, you know, you, you've, you've carved out a really unique spot for yourself. But it is we it's just something that we will always be fascinated with because it's a constant reminder of uh our imperfections and our foibles and, and um, what we can be driven to in uh, the right or wrong circumstances. Speaking of uh, entertainment that, uh, you know, that focuses on this, did, did you watch the series uh, Mindhunter? Um, not only did I watch the series Mindhunter, the original book, which was published in the, in the late 90s, um, when I went through my first police academy, a federal police academy. I was about a week into the academy. I was very bored and very broke and picked up the book Mindhunter, which is a, it's a little different than, than the show, but it's what the show is based on. Mm-hmm. And I was probably about three chapters into it when I realized that this was the work I wanted to do. Wow. So yeah, the Mindhunter cool. book absolutely changed my life. And I'm uh, and I'm now this year, one of these sort of shining lights of 2020 for me personally and professionally has been that I have begun collaborating with a woman named Dr. Ann Burgess, who is the actual real life Wendy Carr. The figure wow. that Wendy Carr is based huh. on. So, wow. yeah. So, yeah. Yes, I, I did watch the show. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Good. Okay. Um, I was, I was and, curious. Yeah. I, I know obviously they take some, you know, uh, creative license yeah. with that, but uh, I was curious if it was... Uh, you know, as as close to not exact, but but close enough to where we well, might they, get a feel. Absolutely, okay. yeah. They took creative it's a great show with the with the personal story. Yes, but the actual the methods, um, you know, and they obviously kind of had to had to shrink it down to sort of a truncated version. Right. But the actual ways they went about interviewing these people, the the way that the questionnaires were developed, and and the three agents. Uh, or sorry, the two agents and then Dr. Burgess. So it was uh, John Douglas and Robert Ressler with the FBI and then Dr. Burgess, um, who's actually a psych nurse, not a not a psychologist. Um, they were, you know, they were the ones that created what we now refer to as serial killer profiling. Right. And um, the, the case studies that that made up the original book, Mindhunter, are exactly as you see them in the show. They did a brilliant job okay. with, with temper and, and, and everyone. Sarah, I think at one point you and I chatted about this. It might have been uh, off air, but you did you have a connection to John Douglas or did you go see him speak or something like that? You know, it's really funny. I saw John Douglas speak at the Dust Becomes Us Festival <laughs> ah. um, in 
in New York. John Douglas and I both spoke at, at Death Becomes Within March of, of 2019. I mean, different, uh, different um, time slots. But I did get to meet him um, backstage at, at that show, thanks to the, the, the fabulous folks at Death Becomes Us arranging that and had a little chat with him actually about a case that I'm working on right now. Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. And, and, you know, between the two, uh, Robert Ressler, unfortunately has, has since passed away the other FBI agent, but having met two of my three heroes now, um, I, you know, they always say, don't meet your heroes because they'll disappoint you. But in my case, I've been, I've just been incredibly lucky that they are every bit as amazing as I had hoped. Oh, that's great. My career was shaped by the, by these brilliant people. Very cool. Excellent. Well, listen, we just wanted to, we, A, we wanted to talk to you again, and B, we wanted to help uh, promote your cause because, uh, you know, we know you're a, a very, uh, you, you got a great sensibility for these things. So this show uh, is called a virtual holiday-themed true crime variety show. It's called Death Becomes Us Holidayzed Edition. Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, you can go to their Instagram account, at Death Becomes Us Fest, uh, to get all the details and information. But it sounds like it's a lot of fun, and you're trying to help out some friends at Devil's Den. We are, and it's yeah. only $8. It's eight, eight bucks. Dollars. What? Come on. You learn some cocktails, you get some great entertainment, hear some cool true crime stories and all that. That's excellent. All exactly. right, Sarah, it is great that we could talk to you for hours. We'll do it again some well, other time, okay? You. All right, sounds great. Thanks, guys. You bet. Thanks for coming on. Sarah Kaylin, yeah. guys. I'm fascinated by that stuff. It is amazing. And, and when I saw the story over the weekend that the Zodiac Killer cipher was cracked, I was very excited about that because this is, I mean, they've been at it for 50 years trying to figure this out. I mean, the best in the world and they finally, I think they were in Australia, Belgium, and the U.S. It took several different people to get it together. Well, and I just watched a, a, a special on this. I mean, you can turn on basically about about five channel searches any given evening. You'll find something about a serial killer. CNN does a whole series of them. And the Zodiac Killer is has been one of the great elusive mysteries. Yeah, and in fact, there's only... So they're they're keeping it says here according uh, to, according to the FBI the San Francisco division said during uh, due to the ongoing nature of the investigation and out of respect to the victims and families we will not be providing further comment at this time but one of the code breaking experts David Oranchak, uh told the newspaper that they they've just they have some of the text yes uh, that they have deciphered it says I hope you are having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me. Mm-hmm. So that's just in part one of the translations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this elaborate code for people aren't aren't familiar. You know, he he, or we assume he, but uh, right. uh, was uh, enjoyed toying with investigators, mm-hmm. and this was part of the. Uh, the fun that he was deriving. Yep, absolutely. Um, like the the BTS killer. Yeah, that was his thing too. BTS. Yeah, BTK. <sighs> BTS is the. I, I agree with you. Boy Sorry band. about that. And I sullied my favorite K-pop boy band. The BTK killer did the same thing. Sent if anyone were to kill BTS, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't think. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would be here, Stevens. I just a chill ran out my spine. Uh, so yeah, he he killed five people. The Zodiac killer, but claimed to have killed. 37 people. Mm-hmm. So there could be many more victims out there that they're not aware of. So maybe there's some information in these codes that they've cracked that'll come out to either identify them or maybe find out some more of the victims uh, throughout the years. It's amazing which, stuff. Which is pretty wild. Yeah, I'm blown away by that. Oh, and one more mystery uh, before we wrap. 
um, the uh, treasure that was buried and found. Um, By the the author? Uh, yeah, the guy. Yes. Uh, no, 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 no. They, the guy has identified himself uh, who had, yeah, uh, Forrest Fenn was the guy who hid the. Right. Uh, the the treasure. There were a lot of people who went searching for it. So the guy has come forward to claim to say who is his name is Jack S T U E F Stoof Steve. I'm not sure I pronounce. Okay. That. He had searched two years before finding it in June in Wyoming, where Forrest hit it ten years ago. Now I think you. What, did they say whether he was incited to respond? Because there were people who still believed it was still out there, and some people had died in the search yeah. and for he these, did it for a number treasure. of reasons. Yeah. yeah, he did it for a number of reasons. Some people thought it was fake. Yeah, some people thought it might still be out there. Right, uh, and so on. So he wanted to come forward and say, "Yes, it was indeed me. I, I'm the one who found it." So the original story, the author included this in a in a book, correct? Yep. And and so uh, people then took it upon themselves in a great you know uh, treasure hunt. And uh, but again, there were in fact he was actually being asked by. By state officials to, um, to to please give away the location or to to suspend it because people were going into areas and they were ill equipped to be in these wilderness areas and were succumbing to the environment. So Stu said that he remained anonymous initially because he didn't want family to endure the stalkers, death threats, home invasions, frivolous lawsuits, and a potential kidnapping. Uh, he said, my family and I have prepared for the potential of this day. Since finding the treasure, I moved to a more secure building with guards and multiple levels of security. Wow. And I have taken appropriate measures to protect myself. Uh, he said that he was uh, prompted to reveal his name after a U.S. district court in New Mexico ruling last month. That means that Fenn's estate uh, must provide Stoof's name and address in a lawsuit brought on by uh, plaintiff Barbara Anderson, a Chicago-based lawyer who spent thousands of dollars trying to find the treasure and claims her emails con- uh, containing her progress in the search for the treasure were hacked. Uh-huh. Uh, Stoof called the lawsuit meritless in a blog post. Uh, he did emphasize with other adventure seekers who wish to find uh, the treasure. He empathized with them. He said, when I found the treasure... It ended the hopes of the many people around the world who wanted one day to find it. He said, I understand both the disappointment and disbelief many have have and are experiencing. He said that uh, he would never reveal the exact location of the treasure, saying the natural wonder of the place of forest held so dear will be destroyed by people seeking treasure. Uh, they hope I dropped out of my way uh, or forest or uh, on his way. Yeah. He said he himself was disappointed because when he opened up the box, it was a piece of paper that said, drink more Ovaltine. No. Again. No, honestly, did, did he reveal? Second reference, same segment. <laughs> uh, does he reveal what was in the box? Uh, no, he does not. Oh. Uh, it, was a, it was a young woman's head. Oh yes. man, that's just about? wrong. Uh, so, about? so let me ask you: What was the, was there ever? A, it was a million dollars. That was a supposedly like close to three. Was three million? Word, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, so that's but, a lot of Ovaltine. Uh, Stuff said that uh, he brought the treasure from Wyoming to uh, Forest in Santa Fe, and later just to show it to him that he mm. found it. Uh, and Look later, at this. Later, put it in a vault at a secure location in New Mexico. He said it will remain there until I sell it. Huh. Uh, hundreds of thousands have hunted in vain across remote corners of the U.S. Uh, west for the bronze chest. Many quit their jobs, and some people died, like you said earlier. I wonder if uh, any documentarians have been um, chronicling this as it's been going along. Got to be, right? Yep. Wouldn't Somebody you do searching that? for it? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, anyhow, we need to take a break because I have some uh, interesting stories to pass along in the Bizarre File. We're going to get to that. Also, coming up a little bit, lesson question, trash music news, those things. We'll be back in a moment. 
93.3 WMMR and Parks Casino and Sportsbook present Preston and Steve's Christmas Miracle, the Polly Annabelle edition, and the return of the horrendous holiday attire competition, the Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Contest. This year's event is, surprise, going virtual. It's basically a good old-fashioned white elephant party. So get ready to steal your way to happiness. Tune in December 22nd. At stake, some of the coolest prizes, gadgets, and gifts from our winter wonderland of clients and sponsors. Like Revivalist Spirits, DeBruno Brothers, Duncan, and Primo Hoagies. Go to WMMR.com for details and online photo entry for the Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Contest. Preston and Steve's Christmas Miracle, the Polly Annabelle Edition. Presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. It's a Christmas miracle. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Hey, before we uh, do the bizarre file, I want to send a congratulations to a friend of the Preston and Steve show. Was actually in our... Uh, the second, but kind of officially our first Totally Office calendar, Amanda Devine has got a bun in the oven. Yeah. Uh, we've known Amanda for a long, long time. In fact, she was, I believe she was 18 years old when she was our to- in our Totally Office calendar. Absolutely, yeah. And look at her now, going to be a mother, so that's huge. <laughs> When her her mother had to approve her being in the calendar that the first time around. Yes, <laughs> that's right. and now she's going to be a mom. Well, congrats! Uh, that's great. Love Amanda. Uh, so congratulations to you, Amanda. Happy to hear the news. Let's do the bizarre file now. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre, bizarre file. And it is brought to you by Stock Car Racing Experience. They're going to strap you in a 600-horsepower NASCAR-style stock car and then take you for the drive of your life. It speeds up at 160 miles per hour. You can check them out at 877stockcar.com. And, in fact, that's our Word of the Week prize this week. All right, I'm going to start with this horrifying story. A Phoenix, Arizona man is sharing his story of survival after police said his roommate tried to sneak up behind him and strangle him with a bike lock. What the f***? <laughs> Anthony Jones said, I saw a glimpse out of my eye, and he wrapped a bike cord cable around my neck. What the hell prompted this? At first, Jones thought it was a joke until he heard his words. He said, the reason I'm going to kill you is because you murdered my entire family. And I said, no, your entire family is alive. Oh. So, so Joe's, uh, Joe's, Jones's husband, Patrick, had left the house and in the front yard was Christopher Hanniger. Now, Hanniger had been living with the couple for just eight days after being released from prison. Jones said that Hanniger used to work for him, and now he wanted to extend a helping hand. So that's why he was having him come and live with him. He was doing a really nice thing. Yeah. Uh, looking back, Patrick said he noticed something off about Hanniger that afternoon. He said he was dressed in prison clothes. Uh-oh. And with a bike, lo- bike lock cord around his neck, Jones was able to grab a metal vase and strike Hanniger. Uh, he said, but it didn't stop him. And then he wow. said, and of course, he said to him at that point, now you're going to die. Anthony said, right when he went back to swing a bottle, he kicked him in the groin and then escaped to the next door neighbor's home. They called 911 and police arrested Hanniger. Uh, Patrick later found a message written on their uh, outside chalkboard. He said it was eerie. The chalkboard read, I'm sorry I had to. So I don't know any more details about this story other than that. That's why I don't have an outside chalkboard. But, man, that is um, that's pretty terrifying. (laughs) It's insane. Yeah. 
Police in South Jersey charged an Amazon driver after they spotted him allegedly tossing packages from a delivery truck into a wooded area. Well, animals need to order stuff, too. A police officer was on patrol when he saw an Amazon van parked on the shoulder, so he spotted the driver, later identified as Desmond Gould, throwing a large box from the van into the woods off the roadway. Gould first told the officer that he was, quote, throwing his feces into the woods. (laughs) That comes from Amazon? After having Gould retrieve the tossed box. My salmon is here. Uh, the fox, he, the the uh, the officer found that he was dumping un, undelivered packages. God. Eleven packages was the total value of almost three hundred dollars were found. Wow. Police allege he was hiding them and any plan to come by later and take oh. them. You know, if you've ever ordered something and it doesn't come and you're waiting on it, especially if you've ordered something for a Christmas gift. I mean, all right, I'll say it. This guy deserves the death penalty. <laughs> oh wow. All right, maybe that's a little austere. All right, he was charged with theft and illegal dumping and released pending a future court date. I was waiting for a package that was that said it was going to arrive. I finally, I, I tracked it. They had a picture of it on my doorstep, but it wasn't my doorstep. It was my neighbor's doorstep, oh. and I knew that it was my neighbor's doorstep, so I waited for the sun to go down, and I went across the lawn, <laughs> and I went on, and I grabbed it myself. Hey, you! <laughs> Yeah, you could have you could have yeah. been mistaken as a porch pirate. What the hell's happening out there? Have my name on the package. I was okay. You didn't want to. Why you did want to contact your neighbors? Or I don't talk to my neighbors. Okay. <laughs> Why did you wait until it was dark? So I could sneak. Up. I put. Listen, Kathy. I put. He my, had a ghillie suit. I on. got my put my ghillie suit on. It was a covert was operation. Yes. <laughs> I was. I made like, sure. Like I think that's more suspicious. You're going at night to take a package from someone's front you, door. Did you not hear? I had he my ghillie suit on. <laughs> you don't talk to your neighbors. No, yeah. there's uh, a language barrier. There's, I, I my neighbor, she had driven off of the road uh, last year, and I had given her a ride home, and we said like no words to each other the entire ride are you home. Serious? Yeah, yeah. So she had driven off the road um, in the snow. She doesn't yeah. speak Delco. She doesn't speak English. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, and so I tried to help her get out, but her uh, the the oh gosh um, steering column wasn't was broken. Oh, yeah, okay, so I'm like, you got to get in my car. <laughs> a little so, a little so bit I of put help a here. bag over her head. Yeah, <laughs> put her in my car. Get my car. We put her in the trunk. Yes. If someone speaks a foreign language and they yeah. do not understand, yeah, speak English but louder. But yeah. louder. Yeah, that works. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am going to drive you home. Yeah. Now get in the trunk. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have another story. A high-speed pursuit by law enforcement ended rather painfully for some involved uh, when a swarm of bees was stirred up and started stinging officers and suspects alike. Oh, they got sting crazy. Uh, it started Wednesday when an Arizona Department of Public Safety trooper tried to pull over a speeding vehicle. The driver of the vehicle, which had uh, three passengers, failed to stop, reached speeds of 130 miles per hour. Bees! <laughs> And the driver exited the highway and later collided with the vehicle. The chase ended when the suspects uh, had fled the car into a nearby field, and their actions stirred up a swarm of bees, bees. which started bees. Bees the which started stinging both officers and suspects. And roll around, Jamie, roll around on the ground. One of the. <laughs> <laughs> One of the officers assisting in the chase. <laughs> 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 
was uh, stung four times and was rescued by another officer who drove up in his patrol car and allowed the stung officer to jump in the vehicle. So he was like, get in, get in. Yeah. You know? uh, two of the suspects may have been stung. Uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection took custody of the other suspects. Now, I actually have another story <laughs> that ties into that. Yeah, listen to this, man. Uh, a drone has been converted into a flying flamethrower in central China in a campaign to eradicate more than 100 wasp nests. Uh, Blue Sky Rescue, a volunteer group that conducts search and rescue and other emergency work, have teamed up with villagers in Zhang County. Uh, They raised $12,200 to buy a drone and equipped it with a gasoline tank and an arm-length nozzle. Videos released by Blue Sky show a recent mission by the six-armed drone. It hovers above a hive as large as a suitcase before swooping down, and then the drone operator flips the ignition switch. The drone spits a burst of fire out onto the hive and burns it it right out of the tree. Uh, The burning ashes of the wasp nest gradually peeled off and fell, and the surrounding residents applauded and praised the rescue team. Uh, Blue Sky said that it has destroyed 11 hives so far, and there are more than 100 to go with the flying flamethrower drone. In 50 years, when they look back as to what started the fall of humanity, it'll be this story. Flamethrowing drone. Wow. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you, as you can imagine. (laughs) Um, We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. We will test your knowledge and how closely you've been paying attention to the show today with a lesson question, trash and music news coming up as well, so make sure that you stay with us. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Monday morning, first letter for the Word of the Week prize. Coming up, been hinted a few times today because I don't want you to miss your chance to get that stock car racing experience that we will... Give to somebody on Friday, hopefully to you. You can keep it for yourself. Give it to somebody else that's totally in your court. Uh, but in the meantime, we got something else to give away. Uh, we're going to do the lesson question, and we are going to give away a rental code to see The Croods. Woo! The New Age, the number one movie in America. Potential Best Picture nominee. Very well could be, Steve. So let's ask a question and see if you know the answer to this. What is intern Ben's holiday greeting to the masses? <laughs> Two one five two six three WMMR. He actually called in earlier this morning. Intern Ben, tell us how to get a, a PS five. Uh, so, what is Intern Ben's holiday greetings? Greeting to the masses. Two one five two six three WMMR. Waiting for your call. We'll do this while you're buzzing in. The trash business is a gold mine. Ninety three three WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you by. Primo Hoagies game day and holiday gatherings might be more intimate this year, but just because you can't host a Primo celebration doesn't mean you can't have a Primo Hoagie. Locations at PrimoHoagies.com. It's not just a hoagie. It's a primo. What's going on, Steve? Well, Preston, good news for you. The Game of Thrones universe is expanding even further with HBO announcing two new prequel series in the works. The first to debut will be Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. Uh, which will be followed by the real Housewives of Restaurants. <laughs> hey! She owns her own sex toy company called Laura DiCarlo, and now Cara Delevingne recommending her favorite item from her gift idea list. The 28-year-old actress took to Instagram to recommend the bocce, 
which she says is, quote, the perfect sex toy for women who like to get off in front of old Italian men. <laughs> oh, my God. And finally, Lord writing an essay for Rolling Stone about her trip to Antarctica last February. Lord says, without going into specifics, she now knows where Anchorage is. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. All right. We'll see if we can find somebody who has the answer to this. What is uh, intern Ben's holiday greeting to the masses? And I will go to Brett to see if he knows the answer. Yo, Brett, how you doing? I am doing wonderful this morning. Excellent. Brett, lay it on us. What is intern Ben's holiday greeting to the masses? As you can imagine, everyone. Yes! Yeah! Well done, Brett. on that guy. Hey, yeah, he's got a good voice. Voice. He does have a great voice. All right, so, Brett, we are going to give you a rental code to see The Croods, a new age DreamWorks animation presents the holiday event for the entire family as Nicholas Cage, Emma Stone, Ryan Reynolds, Peter Dinklage, Leslie Mann, and Kelly Marie Tran star in The Croods, a new age. And that is in theaters now on demand this Friday. It is rated PG. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you this morning by OmahaSteaks.com. Type Preston in the search bar. You can get exclusive deals, including the Deluxe Grillers Assortment, which includes four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. Mm. OmahaSteaks.com. We'll start with Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. She's admitted that going to therapy has been one of the best things that she's ever done for herself. Good. Uh, She told the Hardcore Humanism with Dr. Mike podcast, I've been going to therapy for about a year and a half for the first time in my life. And it started before the pandemic. And it's been one of the most amazing acts of self-love that I think that I've done for myself. Well, I did a pretty amazing act of self-love last night. (laughs) We can, But not for the first time in your life. No, that was actually the third time that day. But I... (laughs) I digress. <laughs> not the part of the store. <laughs> oh, it's Sunday. Oh. Right, Kathy? Yeah. Penises. Yeah, there she is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kathy, your thoughts? <laughs> Penises. Sounds like a like a. We play one more time. All right. Penises. We need the yes on that. Do we need to be able to save it? <laughs> no. Yeah, it gets cut off. Uh, Can you just say, Kathy? Just say. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. wait, I've got the teletype. Right, 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 okay, right. go ahead. Just say the whole word. <laughs> okay, now, no. now now build no. us some penises. No. No, Marissa, put that together. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. That's the kind of it trooper sounds is. Like there's Kathy a... gives us the S for the penises. It, it sounds, sounds like, like an actress. Like, uh, like uh, Penises. Penises. And I can't think. I'm thinking Saturday Night Live, but I can't think of who it is. Oh, I don't know. Karen Lynn Gorney? <laughs> oh, my penises. goodness. Penises. Penises. Uh, we, we will we will defer no, to the like, text to so the text annoying. board and see if somebody knows what actress it is that Kathy sounds like when she says penises. Bridesmaids, the movie. Anyhow, she continued by saying, "This is Lizzie Hale, mind you." Uh, <laughs> now I have so many more tools in my toolbox to be to like be just be okay. Something's going on. All right, I need the hammer. There it is. All right, we've got it. I digress, which is what you said about displeasure yourself exactly. three times a day. But on a larger point, though, uh, you should not be afraid of therapy. Nope. It, it can it can work wonders. I agree. 
Hmm. All right, coming on January 8th is Sammy Hagar and the Circle's Lockdown Sessions album, titled Lockdown 2020. Uh, the cover's set features all the tunes the band recorded in quarantine and posted online since pandemic hit. Fans who pre-ordered the album now will also receive an instant download of the band's new rendition of David Bowie's Heroes. And I think we have a clip of that, Casey. Yep. Uh, let's hear a little bit of that. Additionally, all proceeds from the song Heroes will be donated to food banks nationwide, by the way. that you can cover this and still get a good... Like, yeah. just about any... People as varied as that. The original is still my, my favorite, obviously, but what a what a great song. What oh, yeah. A, an incredible yeah. song. And the Wallflowers had a good version of they it. They did as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can definitely... It's a beautiful song. Uh, Sammy, along with Michael Anthony, Jason Bonham, and Vic Johnson have tackled the covers of such iconic artists as The Who, The Rolling Stones, Zeppelin, Little Richard, and more. Uh, in fact, the track listing, I'll just give you a few of the... Uh, titles won't get fooled again by the Who. Good enough from Van Halen. They do a couple of Van Halen songs. Uh, Three Little Birds from Bob Marley and the Whalers. Whole lot of Rosie, ACDC. Uh, for what it's worth from Buffalo Springfield. Keep a uh, keep a knock from Little Richard. And right now from Van Halen to name a few. Speaking of Van Halen, I've not watched this yet, but I would like to see this. There's a new video featuring. Uh, it's from 1996. Eddie Van Halen as he visited David Lee Roth band guitarist Jason Becker. Who battles ALS, and this has recently surfaced. Eddie, who was filmed playing a guitar he gifted Becker, and just hanging at Becker's house, was on hand to film an ALS awareness promotional video. Uh, Becker, who had replaced Steve Vai in the David Lee Roth band, was only expected to live possibly five more years after the August 31st, 1996 video shoot. He is still alive. Uh, but he is completely immobile. He use, he continues to create music, though, using an apparatus which transcribes musical notes through the blinking of his eyes. Mm. And Becker was quoted by it's amazing. Uh, Ultimate Classic Rock as saying, uh, it is really hard to watch myself struggling here. This was right before getting my trach and stomach tube, and I couldn't breathe, talk, or eat. I was very weak. Today I'm much better. Uh, I wanted to show the incredible love that I'd received from Eddie Van Halen. Not only was he a master of the guitar, his heart and soul are here for all to see. Um, what an example of kindness, humility, and love. Something that the world needs now and always. I will never forget my friend. There are uh, so many, obviously, diseases and so many things that you know n- need to be eradicated. ALS is particularly, I think, it's very horrific cruel. and it's cruel. Very, very cruel. And God, you know, for maybe the S show that's 2020, maybe 2021 can find, in addition to reversing, you know, COVID and all that stuff, maybe we can make a big advance. Yeah. Hopefully, because it's just, it, it just robs robs the the uh, the patient of so much. Yep. Yep. 
Um, and following up on Eddie, according to a report by TMZ, his body was cremated uh, October 28th, which was uh, 22 days after his death. A source told the outlet uh, one of Ed's final wishes was for the ashes to be strewn off the coast of his beloved town of Malibu. And his son Wolfgang will almost certainly honor his dad's wishes. So we will see if that's what they do or if they even want to be, you know, uh, if they even want to uh, uh, mention that publicly or not. Uh, a live spoken word album from the late Deftones bassist uh, Chi Chang will be released on January of this year. The Heads Up Project captures a set of spoken word poetry that Chang had performed at the oh. Paris Cafe in Sacramento in January 2001. He died in 2013 uh, from complications stemming from a 2008 car crash. Uh, his friends and family formed Buckle Up for Chi to, uh, the, Chi the same year in order to save the world through seatbelt safety awareness. According to an announcement from the organization, only 200 copies of the Heads Up Project will be made available. This is pretty wild. Listen to this. I love this quote, too. So Madison Kane, the daughter of Journey's Jonathan Kane, is engaged to Trev Lukather, the son of Toto co-founder Steve Lukather. Oh. So these two are going to get married. And Lukather joked about all of the flack that he and Kane will catch from the elite rock press, yeah. which has never had much respect to either multi-platinum selling band. He said, and this is his quote, Steve Lukather, who I love, he said, you can imagine, as you can imagine, as you can imagine, he said, everyone. He said, you can imagine all these hipster critics going like, and he said, they'd lose their mind. He yeah. said, you mean there's going to be a Toto Journey baby? <laughs> no! He said, I can see Jan Wenner's head of Rolling Stone explode and take an effing box cutter and cut his own throat. You know what I mean? He said, so for that, I laugh. He said, but she's a wonderful girl, and I love Jonathan. I'm a huge fan of Journey. Those guys are my friends. You know what I mean? And I, I respect the F out of them. But there's an irony to this that you just can't deny. Steve Lukather is so talented. Oh, my and, God. And I, so, you know, um, yeah, I don't... Jan Winner and and um, there's there's always been a pomposity to his approach. And listen, it's his magazine; it's his thing. Yeah. He, um, he can yeah. do what he wants. But um, th- yeah, that sort of tacit dismissal. Oh yeah, of these super competent musicians, all for the curse of writing catchy rock songs and mm. pop rock. Uh, I never got that. No, especially when some, from time to time. They will fully, 100, get behind and embrace a big-time pop princess yeah. star. And I'm like, what? that's kind of, you know, uh, it's just, uh, I don't even know snobby. the word I'm looking for. Right. Yeah, it's a snobby and it's... it's um, Elitist, maybe? No. The, uh, a great there's a word man I'm looking for said, as you can imagine, everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> as you can imagine? Contradictory. Uh, ah. That's... Taciturn. Yeah. It's stinky. Philanthropic and right. exculpatory. All right. And then I want to mention this. Uh, MMR's top 25 of 2020 is happening now. So you can vote for your favorite rock songs of 2020. New music this year. So you think about that. There's been new stuff from, from Bruce and Foo Fighters and even new groups or newer groups like uh, Larkin Poe. So we want you to tell us who is the best in your eyes. So click events at WMMR.com for the complete list and to vote. The deadline to vote is on the last or on the 30th. So you have it starts now, but you got until the end of the month. Bruce was on SNL. 
yeah. over the weekend. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Me too. It, it was it was good. Uh, uh, and little Steven always looks like he's about to rip a massive fart whenever he plays, but he's awesome. The banjos look great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got this scowl on yeah. his face he all the time. Like uh, even more like a gypsy than he has in years past, little Steven. But the the new song, the first song that they played, um, I can't remember the name of it. I'm looking it up now, but it was really good. It was it's off the new record, Ghost. You know, you know that that this new album reminds me of um, uh, the River um, in, in kind of its sound, the the, the songs, yeah, um, which is a, a kind of Bruce that I I like. I you know there's some. Uh, there's stuff I love of his and stuff that I'm like, really? Yeah, but um, Clarence's nephew is uh, uh, named Jake, and he's on uh, tambourine to start the song, but finishes up with a really strong sax solo. Awesome! And, uh, yeah, it was it was really fun. I enjoyed it. And he's really large too, he's just big like like, uh, yeah. like Clarence. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, by the way, everybody that votes for the top twenty-five of twenty twenty will be in the running for a prize. Digital download the first ten albums of twenty twenty-one. That's that we, nice. That we, that we give away for free music Monday. Great. Uh, so make sure you check that out now and get yourself signed up. Don't forget you can listen for the year-end countdown, the top twenty-five of twenty twenty. New Year's Eve, seven p.m. with Marcus in the darkest, and on New Year's Day at three p.m. with Sarah Parker. And then one last thing: speaking of free music money, that's where we are now. And I can give you a digital download of the Deftones White Pony reissue, which includes the companion remix album Black Stallion. Caller number twenty. It is yours. It's yours. It's out now from Warner Records. You can head to WMMR.com for a chance to win a super deluxe box set of White Pony which has CDs, vinyl, a lithograph, and a 24-page book. 215-263-WMMR is the number. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in one moment, so make sure you stay with us because we'll wrap up the show, get you that letter of the day for this very cool prize. WMMR. We're not just in your car anymore. Ask Alexa to open MMR, and we'll come streaming right into your house. And we promise we're not listening to you doing stuff that often monday morning first show of the week it's going to be an interesting week to say the least we do have a nor'easter first one this year headed into our particular region i think nor'easters should bring candy like easter that's not you think a so? bad oh. idea like the nor'easter bunny the yeah, nor'easter, nor'easter bunny, bunny. So that you could go out. What it happens is, is that it blows candy all over your yard. <laughs> That's a mm-hmm. great idea. And then you Steve. go out and collect it afterwards. And you find it. Yep. I love that. I'm writing Can it down. Can we look into that? Yes. What do we talk to? Uh, Glenn Give Gary Lauer a Bunner. Bunny. Put that down. I said Nor'easter Bunner. <laughs> Sorry. It's the same thing. <laughs> Nor'easter Bunny. Uh, I want to thank our guests on the program today. Our <laughs> photographer, Mr. Brian Miller, for being on the show today was joined by Shannon Parrish, who is the curator of the Smithsonian's photographic collections at the National American History Museum. And they have um, a pandemic collection, essentially, uh, that they've launched a digital platform for Stories of 2020. And our friend Brian has been taking photos of the show for years now and uh, all station events, by the way, in the MMRBQ and so on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is a featured photographer at the Smithsonian Institution. It's a huge honor. So we're very proud of him and very happy for him. So we had them on to talk about that today. And then we had uh, the amazing uh, Sarah Kalen, who was on this morning. Yay! Um, she's detective, not Sarah Palin, Sarah Kalen. Oh. Uh, true crime investigation. She has a long history in uh, law enforcement and, you know, uh, tracking down and solving these cold cases. Yeah, and so she's on. real deal. 
Um, so they've got this event uh, coming up on Wednesday, and we have the details at PrestonAndSteve.com, and it's brought, it's by Death Becomes Us. And looks like a lot of fun. It's a variety show. There's going to be some cocktail making. There's going to be some music and some comedy. And, of course, some true crime being discussed from an uh, absolute uh, formidable or formidable, a uh, reliable source. Yes. And it uh, should be a lot of fun. It's a unique thing. And she's raising funds for um, a uh, local bar and restaurant that uh, that she wants to help out. <clears throat> so many of them are, yeah. are, are in a real horrendous spot now. So if you can support that, that would be great. Absolutely. Pierre Robert is here. Hey, man. Our okay. own nor'easter. Yes. The MMR yeah. nor'easter. I am a nor'easter. Your hair looks like you went through a nor'easter. Uh, it, it does. <laughs> All the compliments. It did. It's kind of, it's it's like extra wide today. Yeah. Every day's a nor'easter for That's me. That's right. <laughs> nice. I, in, between, in between my ears. Right, right. There's <laughs> a nor'easter of brewing in there. Yeah, it's brewing. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Cool. Um, I finished my latest two novels. I have. Uh, I'm doing John Grisham, the legal thriller, A Time for Mercy. Finished that one. Then I finished. He uh, he's got two in a. Uh, he's got a sequel, which is rare for him, Camino Island. And uh, I finished that. And now I'm going to start Camino Wind. You reading in the traditional sense, or are you audibling it? I am reading in the traditional sense. Hey, you know did, who passed away? John Le Carre. Uh, yeah, oh, he did really. Yeah. Yes, I was. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't read his stuff, but I, I saw that you know, uh, especially the authors were yeah. all. Uh, commenting this weekend on social media. Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spies, one of right. his most famous. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, did now you're reading a Time for Mercy? Did Did Grisham write a Time to Kill? Yes. Okay, so this is and not a sequel, but this just actually is a sequel. Oh, it is. Uh, okay, he doesn't do them often, but his, that was his first novel. I think was a Time to Kill. Huh? Uh, I think it was, and it features a young lawyer named Jake Briggins out of a little town in Mississippi called Clanton. And um, uh, he defends this guy. And then there was one other story with him a couple of years back, and now this is another story with him. Okay, cool. Well, it sounds like a action-packed weekend of reading. Well, I, I did that. Yeah. And <laughs> then I, I and I washed the car. Oh. Nice. And, I, and you sat in a seat that you rarely sit I in your house. I sat in a seat. <laughs> and, um, that he rarely sits and in. I, I had, and I had... What I figured was the last opportunity to eat outside. Okay. At a, a little restaurant. You were talking about restaurants that are... Uh, getting decimated. That are getting decimated. This uh, great restaurant on Rittenhouse Square is called Tria, Tria T-R-I-A. And he, a gentleman has a couple of them. And he wrote an op-ed in the Inquirer uh, in the Daily News the other day about how he, do, he, you know, he's got two or three of these small restaurants. They're great. But he said, I don't think I'm going to make it. And uh, I I was passing by. I said, I'm going to go eat there. Yeah. Nice. Any, anything, because not every restaurant is suited for takeout. And right. not everybody, but some some are. So anything you can do, obviously, to support restaurants and bars in any, in any way, because it's not right. good. It, yeah, it's, it's so tough for them. And they're great people. And little independent restaurants and yeah. mom and pop stores are the stuff that makes uh, the country great. You're exactly right. You know what? And I forgot to mention uh, another Kathy's fall, uh, holiday activities that I did on Friday night. Went to an outdoor restaurant in Maniunk. I haven't been to Maniunk in years. It's called Taqueria Amor. Yeah. And they've changed it into a Grinch uh, restaurant. Really? Yeah, wow. like they, they actually put a different sign up and everything just for the holiday season and it's called The Grinch and they had these outside little pods. They had the whole entire building is decorated in lights. They had a guy out there singing Christmas carols. It was so much fun. We really had a, we had a really good time and it was uh, nice weather on Friday. So it was a yeah. bit of a wait, but it was worth it for sure. The food was great. 
Cool. That's cool. Nice. All right, well, I need a letter from you. You ready? I am. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter... S as in... Sad. Oh. No sad, bro. Sad. It's Monday. Yeah. All right. We are giving away a very non-sad prize, a very exciting prize, a 20-mile stock car driving experience. The stock car racing experience will make you feel like a pro race car driver when they teach you the basics of driving and suit you up in an official race suit and safety gear. For the main event, they're going to strap you into a 600-horsepower NASCAR-style stock car, and then you're off for your drive of your life, traveling at speeds of up to 160 miles per hour around NASCAR's famous 2.5-mile Pocono Raceway. Visit 877stockcar.com. Have you ever done that, Pierre? Um, I did it. We had a stock car. um... Danger Huff? Yeah. Bill Danger Huff? I remember him, yeah. Yeah. Huff. Huff, Bill Danger Huff. Yeah. And uh, when I was first uh, talking about him, I thought he was German. And I, 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 I said, and uh, come see stock number 93, Bill Dangerhoff. Dangerhoff. Yeah, And I said it about 18 times, and Chuck came in and tapped me on the shoulder and said, that's danger. Yeah. <laughs> you idiot. I go, I thought it was a German pronunciation. No, sir. Bill Dangerhoff. Bill Dangerhoff. So I got, rode in his car once. Okay. Um, you did stock car racing yourself for a while, uh, didn't well, you? Well, yeah. yeah. I, I drove for 20 years before yeah. coming to radio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I could see you going and doing this. It's a lot of fun. It it's is very, fun. very cool. Um, all right. What's up on the show, my we'll man? We'll have workforce blocks of uh, Bruce, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Evanescence, and Free Music Monday, like you guys had a digital download of Deftones White Pony. So that'll be cool. Yay. All right. I uh, want to thank... Uh, our sponsors, Preston Steve Show, brought to you today by Dunkin'. You can get cheers in at Dunkin' this holiday season with their holiday-inspired signature drinks. Also brought to you by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors, and by Wilmington University. Tomorrow on the show, well, it's that time of year again. Mr. Skin will be joining us with one of his uh, year-end year-end events. There's usually like the Skinatomy Awards or the is that is, the, is the Anatomy Awards? No, 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 no wouldn't be. Which one is the top uh, nude scenes of the year? Nude scenes of the year. He's Hangers. always got great stuff. Yep, the swingers. Yeah, you can see him from behind. All right, so that is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye bye. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. I do not understand how someone can claim to be a foreman but refuse to do the work. That's like a doctor refusing to do surgery because he's afraid that things will get bloody. Next message. I would like to send everyone who takes time out to wish me a happy Hanukkah. I love Christmas know that, but they also acknowledge the fact that, hey, I'm a Jew. So thank you very much for taking the time out to wishing us Jewish folks a very happy Hanukkah. Next message. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack! Sell them for less.